Holman, do I look as bad as I smell? I mean, is this a trick or loaded question? <laughs> All I know is that I saw a giant cloud mm-hmm. pull into the parking lot, and as the cloud dissipated, there was a rusty old truck smoking from the rear wheel, <laughs> and a lightning popped out. <laughs> yeah. Here's what happens. Normally, well, for the last like two months, I've been stealing work trucks from, from the shop. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate. There's always one around. And I go out at my normal, well, for this, I, I leave at 5 o'clock. But normally it's like 7 or 8 o'clock at night, and I see whatever anyone's left out for me, and that's what I drive that But do day. people really leave things out for you? They do. Oh, they actually say, Jay needs to have a car today. Uh, so typically. I'm going to- so what happened was when I took Lockjaw to work to, to go get, because my wife's like, get it out of the house, uh-huh. right? Because it's rusting. It's actually... Pieces are falling on the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. It is discoloring our driveway, yes. I would just say, babe, I'm tinting the driveway uh, more <laughs> yeah. affordably than that tint guy. Yeah, it, it wasn't working out too well. So uh, I brought it to work, and then I didn't have a way to get home, so I just took – that's when it started. I started taking trucks pretty regularly, and there was – no one, like, for example – so remember the, the old dually that I keep borrowing? Okay, well, that's always around. No one ever wants to drive, so I take – well – Today, I go to leave to, to come to the podcast, and all the working trucks are boxed in by non-working trucks, ones that have parts removed. We're doing R&D on. There's no way I can get any working trucks out. Wait, wait, wait. Was one of them my truck? Uh, I couldn't have gotten yours out if I wanted to. No. I was just hoping mine blocked you from using another one. It Well, kind of, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it did. Right, yeah. Well, it's doing its job. <laughs> it is. So I look in the backyard you know, by the dyno, nothing. Oh, oh crap. I go to the front, nothing. Except for Lockjaw. Sitting outside. With just, a flat front tire no. and a license plate being held by one screw. Oh, uh, I saw the pictures. So, Well, not flat tire. No, no. At one we, point, it had a flat tire. It had a flat tire for a couple of weeks <laughs> until John was kind enough to take it to Tucker Tire not far from us and give him $6 and they put a plug in it. <laughs> no joke. Six bucks. I would have done it for free. Us. Yeah. So I I go, I'm, I got to get to the podcast. I can't stand up Holman and our guests, right? Because we have great guests. We've got Colin Coates coming up, who's a phenomenal show vehicle builder, and Rob Spencer from Goose Gear. So I'm like, I got to get to the show. I got to hop in uh, Lockjaw. It starts right up. Which is great. Which is amazing. So that's a 50-50 right there. It's a miracle. I, it didn't start right up. It took me a minute, but it was still, it was fine. I was, it was good, right? But do all the lights work properly on that? I, I will find out when we leave because it'll oh, be dark. Oh, it'll be dark. Yeah. The headlights do work. No clue but, okay, if the taillights but, work. But we still haven't gotten to the point of why your rear end was smoking. So here's the thing. I get in it, and the first thing I notice is I, I look down and go, oh, there's two fuel gauges, neither of which are attached to anything. Like, they're uh-huh. not even, there's no wires even attached to the gauges. you have that long uh, wooden stick so you can stick your tank and no. see if, no. No, I don't. No, I don't. I go, first things first, I have to get some some gas. So I stopped, pulled off the side of the road, and I went to the local Chevron station, and for every gallon I put in, about a half a gallon poured out. So that was bad. So that's, that not, was, that's not good. So you're yeah. already doused in, in fuel. The filler neck, and it's for those of you that know, it know uh, it's not kinked. It's just rotted, right? Okay. So it's rubber. There's a rubber boot that's so, rotted. So it's burping back out as it, you're filling no, it in. No, 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 no. No, it's leaking into the cab. Oh. Because remember- well, that's, that's not good. The gas can is behind the seat. Yeah, that, that's, that's not- but that, Yeah, get, but you have two doors. 
One of them isn't connected to anything. You just open it up, and there's no, no. Hold on a second. You're talking about the that's the under the bed again. This gas tank is behind my rear. No, I understand seat, that, but I thought seat. you had an auxiliary tank in the bed. Oh no, those are filled with water. Oh, I mean just rainwater. Well, that, yeah, like, that, I mean, that's not going to help you. Completely rusted out, and they have holes in. So huh. complete waste. Yeah, those. There's no caps on Fortunately, them. Fortunately, though, you have enough holes in the bottom of the floorboards. That the fuel just drips right out on the floor, right? That is exactly what happened. Did it drip onto the hot exhaust, or was the exhaust not hot yet? Uh, the exhaust is hot. So is that why it no. was on fire when it no. pulled in? No, no, no. no. So oh, I get okay. I get in lockjaw, and I'm going down the highway, and I think, damn freaking big rigs are like, can the guy just lay off his brakes because all I can smell is brake dust? And I pass the guy, and I go, thank God. I get it, but then I get another whiff. I'm like, oh, yeah. so it's the truck that was in front of him it's got brake. I can Must smell be. the brake dust. Right. And I get past that truck. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, it's the pier built in front of that guy. And eventually, eight trucks later, I go, well, I guess it's me. I'm the brake dust. I can smell brake dust. And it was either clutch, but it's an automatic, so there's no, what would it? I, right. I, it's got to be brake dust. A friction lining is going bad. It's heating up somewhere in your vicinity, and you realize it's your right rear, passenger rear brake drum is frozen. So we didn't learn that till I stopped here at Motor Trend and parked. But was the tire going, or was it like a three-legged dog just dragging its? Bed? No, it was not dragging. It would have popped long ago because it was so thirty miles to get here. Are you? When I would come off the gas, it would slow, so I knew I was dragging. Oh, so it's an electric vehicle. You're, you're, you're <laughs> yes. using regen. A regeneration. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. Also not so, true. Okay. And and going off the line when I would get a green light, it would just it would, I could tell I was fighting something, and I go, oh great, there's a there's a brake locked up somewhere, and as soon as I pulled into the lot here, I I, I realized it was my shirt smelled like brake dust. Like it was just all that musty, gross smell. You look like Pigpen from the uh, Peanuts <laughs> with a cloud of uh, <laughs> brake dust trailing behind you. So. As soon as I pulled over, I backed into my spot, as I do, right here in front of Motor Trend, and the, the, the smoke started to billow into the cab, and I go, wait a minute, this is from the front, from the engine? And now I'm all confused, and I go, and I very quickly touch both front wheels, thinking they're going to be hot, right, if the brakes yeah, are locked up, sure. and they're not. Okay, and I go, to the, I go to the driver's side, rear, not. I go to the passenger side, rear, ah, damn. And then that's when you opened the door for me so I could come to the studio, and you're like, oh, I see the smoke from here. Right. So we were both, as it started to heat up, it was now smoldering, and I'm concerned- How are you getting home? Either you or no. AAA. Yeah, that's not an option. Yeah. You're not going to try and drive it home? If it, well, yes, I would like to drive it home and then dry, limp it back to Banks tomorrow, but I don't want it to light on fire. I really don't. Yeah, it, uh, fire's bad. I mean, the funny part okay. is it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell if it lit on fire. It would be the same I, color. No, yeah. So, I mean, I think you, you're overthinking it, <laughs> right? I don't want to be in it when it lights on fire. Well, probably not since you're, you know, you have gas pouring over everything and electrical wires that are bare. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster. I'm, That's assuming, for I'm assuming it's insured. Uh, it is. Yes. I, yes. I, it has to be insured because I, otherwise you, uh, then you can't get it registered in the state of California. Right. Yes. I just don't want all that hard work for that dollar I gave you to go to waste. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking that you need a new truck. I am excited to, to, to monkey with this truck, but yeah, you need a is, reliable it, daily driver, like it, something with a warranty. Well, I do have, yeah, I, I do. Need, you know what I need? I need something with a five year, 100,000 mile warranty. That's what I need. Yeah, that might not even be long enough for you, but that's a good start. <laughs> yeah.
So do you think uh, that Nissan would loan me one? No. 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 They've oh, seen really? how you treated that uh, C20 over the years. <laughs> Wait and a minute. Over the years, they just got it. They don't know that. Oh. They just look at it and go, if that's how he's going to treat vehicles, we are not <laughs> loaning him one of ours. But their warranty is so dope. Like, it would be- Yeah, the problem is that with you, they might have to honor the warranty. I think with most, I would find a way to break it. Right. I think with most people, they send them on their way and they go, well, we'll never see them again. I take really good care. But with you. And if I had a Nissan Titan uh-huh. or Frontier, yeah. it would be immaculate. I absolutely. Dude, I would detail it every Saturday. I mean, what, is there a reason you don't do that with the uh, vehicles you currently own? Well, I mean, the C20, you wouldn't. Uh, I mean, you're kind of like the my C20 daughter. The C20 is so dry and old, it sucks up the water. Who wants a new pet and she doesn't even take care of the pet she has. I do take care of them. Oh, well, I mean. You no, know, I do. You know I take All care, right. good care of my since, vehicles. Since you've owned that, has it gone to the mechanic? No, don't be silly. <laughs> I mean, just to go through it. I, I mean, I'm thinking you might want to head down to your Nissan dealer and uh, check out the uh, all-new- So wait a minute. Are you now selling me on yes. Nissan? <laughs> yes. I think you need to uh, check out the all-new 2020 <laughs> Nissan Titan, Titan XD. Maybe I should. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I think that there are temperamental vehicles out there, that, and you should not own those. And I think that if you were to buy yourself a Nissan Titan or Frontier- you could just get in it and drive it every day and not have to have an adventure at every turn. Yeah, I don't I don't want an adventure every day. I mean, I do. It's fun driving and not knowing if it's going to if I'm going to end up stranded on the side well, of the road with this thing. Well, now when you got to get here for, you right. know, the podcast, we Yeah, so I, I do up. need a very reliable Nissan that would work. So here's what I do. I'm going to get the Nissan, yeah. and then I'm going to get a deck system. So when uh, the C20 finally explodes into a ball of flames yeah. and it's just reduced to ash, yeah. I'm going to take that and kind of use the deck system as an urn. Oh, <laughs> well, I was thinking you would use the deck system in the bed, and since the deck system has structure, you know, it can hold 2,000 pounds on top of it. Yeah. Do you think it can hold 2,000 pounds of C20 bed and rear frame rail together? Bailing wire all the way around it, and you just use the deck system to, to keep the thing from falling apart. <laughs> that would look odd, but I, it would. I'm just strong enough. All right, well, you've got some homework. I think you need to go to two places. One is NissanUSA.com, and the other is Deck.com, and you should research the products that are going to, uh, I don't know, make your life less adventurous. But if you guys want some adventure... This is a show you're going to want to stick around for. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, so we're calling Colin Coates. Is that correct, Holman? That is correct. All right. So I figured uh, if you've ever wondered, like, the backside of uh, SEMA builds, ah, you thought Uh, I said water. Thank God you didn't. (laughs) But the the backside of marketing builds and things like that, how Mm. how do those things come to be? I thought uh, Colin would be a... A good person to talk to, so uh, I'm going to give him a old ringy ring. Why don't you just stop yapping? Just your, stop your jibber jabber. No ringy ringy ringy. A ring a ding. I'm going to ring a ding. I'm going to ring him on down up. Do you ring up or ring down? You ring up. You ring up. Yeah. Why uh, do you ring up? I don't know what I, I don't know. Up. No, you ring up at the grocery store. What do you do when you call somebody? Dial them. Well, you don't dial. No, you don't anymore. dial anymore. No, you don't. You push. No, them. or you say you say Siri, call Colin. Yeah. yeah. Can you do that? Try it. Uh. Hey Siri, call Colin Coates. 
I found 23 matching contacts. <laughs> I'm just, How many call and coach you have in your phone? I'm just going to push the call button. That's it. Hello? Is this one Mr. Colin Coates? It's Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. What's going on? Yeah, this is him. Can Fan- you guys hear me okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're good yeah, to go. We got you, but sadly, we have a quick intro. Don't move. <laughs> what does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get a loan. And don't let anyone tell you you can. Go into debt and don't look back. Don't worry. See, Colin, we figured the entrepreneur <laughs> intro was appropriate for you because you've started a successful business customizing vehicles and then offering them to corporate clients. Yeah, uh, yeah something like that. Something like oh, that. Are we even close? <laughs> or did I get yeah, it way off? Close. No, no, you're close. Um, that is That is one of the, I'd say, pillars of the business. Essentially, we build vehicles that then uh, our corporate clients can use for their own uh, marketing needs or event needs. You know, we obviously use them as tools to create content, digital media, things along those lines. Um, so we haven't necessarily built vehicles for sale, but I'm hoping one of these days we can get there. And of course, we're talking about builttowander.com, which is uh, your company, Built to Wander. And people probably know you best for your at Triton JL on Instagram with your 22,000 followers on that uh, on that page and have probably followed you as one of the, uh, I, I guess you'd be one of the very first uh, JL builds that, that really got out there and got the ball rolling with the new Jeep, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we kind of, um, I'd say we were probably one of the first few that started to go big early on. We, you know, we threw in um, Curry Extreme 60s and 40 inch tire kind of as soon as we could, but uh, we paired it with this you know, in my mind, this extraordinary suspension system, you know, we threw bypass shocks and coilovers in the front and, you know, we essentially, we were tearing brackets off the frame and, and, um, you know, welding in long arm brackets, welding in those coilover hoops up front. So we did a lot of, uh, I'd call heavy modification versus, you know, your standard bolt on stuff. Um, and we ran into a lot of problems doing it. I mean, when we first started to do the axle swap, we were like, a month away from SEMA last year and Curry called us and said, Hey, we have a big problem. They said, we just found out that our rear end doesn't fit under the two liter turbo, which was the model that I have. And, um, quick engine swap, right? Yeah. (laughs) So they said like, there's this, actually there's this auxiliary battery, um, underneath the, I, I guess the driver side passenger. Yep. Because you, is yours an e-torque? Yes, yeah, yeah, so you've got the uh, 48 volt mild hybrid system. The, uh, right. the early Rubicons, the two liter, had the e-torque engine, and so there's some definitely some changes from that, and some pieces taking up real estate that uh, otherwise the gas only models didn't have that issue. Yeah, so they they just had found out like they'd already sent us the axle. They they had another customer go to um, install it, and they called them, you know, and said, "Hey, can you come look at this?" And so. Curry actually went out. It was on the West Coast. They were able to physically go to the shop, and they realized, oh, wow, we do have a problem. And um, my builder, his name is Matt Thompson. Um, the shop's called 3D Off-Road locally here in Colorado Springs. I said, hey, Curry said we can send this axle back, um, and they'll send us a new one as quickly as possible. They're basically – they have to move the pinion over because it's contacting this battery box. And he said, how long is it going to take? And I said, they think we can. they can have it to us in two weeks. And he was like – 
nope, we're moving the battery box. So we, we kind of made some modifications. We were able to move that box over and, and, but it kind of was a trickle down effect and we had to build a custom exhaust and, but we were able to make it all work. Um, it just took a lot of persistence and, um, so yeah, I mean, bottom line, we, we, uh, we brought the Jeep to life, um, but not without some, some trials and tribulations along the way, but definitely really proud of how it came together. Who was attached to that build? Like, why were you doing it? Was it just for you, just for SEMA or were there, did you have, was it a tire company involved or what was the story behind it? Rhino Rack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Rhino Rack, um, had worked with me previously on our JK build, which was known as 50 shades, um, based on its granite, uh, crystal metallic paint. And, um, we created a really good relationship with them and they're actually up in Denver. So they're close to us. Their U S um, operations are close by and they had run this opportunity by, uh, they said, you know, we needed a, a JL for the booth and how do you feel about building one? And, um, and that was kind of the motivation I needed to really create, you know, this build that I had dreamed about, you know, I wanted to, to get the most out of the JL platform. Um, so having that opportunity to go to SEMA allowed me to really network, with some of our, you know, already established industry partners, but also um, really branch out and bring new new people on board and create a lot of new relationships, which have ultimately been really beneficial for Built to Wander. And you know, I would say, just the past few months, we've been kind of getting our getting the ball rolling in a different direction. And I think a lot of that has to do with with SEMA and how how some of those relationships came to be. Well, how did you get your start doing this? Were you already in marketing or uh, because to go from an enthusiast to just having clients ask you to build their vehicles? I that's mean, that's a big a leap. Huge, yeah, yeah, it's a big leap. A lot of trust. Yeah. So, I, yeah, actually, it's funny. I, I bought my first Jeep in college. I was studying mechanical engineering at the University of Dayton in Ohio. I actually grew up between Cincinnati and Dayton and the person, or I think I, I bought like a two door. It was a 2012 Sport JK two door, like Sport S, kind of you know, pretty basic. And I, I bought some like Rubicon takeoff suspension from a guy on Craigslist, and he was like, "You should check out this Cincinnati JK club on Facebook." And basically got involved in this club and did some wheeling events, and quickly was like introduced to some of these bigger, badder rigs at the time. And I think the you know those were like rigs on 35 inch tires and maybe not even 37s yet. Which is hilarious then. because I, I, I remember when I got my start into off-roading, a 33 was massive, right? Like, and, yeah. and today a 33 is- Tiny. Basically, yeah, I mean, you have Super Duty comes with a 33, right? right. I mean, on, on 20s, like no big deal. And to, you know, today it's like 40s or 42s to really kind of draw eyeballs. I was at uh, the Olaf uh, event this past weekend. And that stands for what? Uh, overlanding as F. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love it. Awesome. And uh, it was over at Savvy Off-Road in, uh, in Riverside uh, with our friend Rory over from, uh, from Trigger. And I couldn't figure out why Rory was blowing me up the, the day before. <laughs> I didn't know. He was like, he was calling, calling. I couldn't pick it up. I was on a yeah. conference call. And I called him back, didn't pick up. And yeah. then the next day I see him all over Facebook and, and Instagram. So I think he wanted you to MC and then I ended up helping him do that. So you got I fired saw, and replaced with me. I saw him on the mic, yeah. Yes. I would have helped out. I wasn't in town. You weren't in town, right. So I was over at Olaf, and uh, I had my Jeep parked between two other Jeeps. One of them had 38s, and one of them had 40s. I, of course, have 37s on mine. They look tiny. They look tiny. Yeah. And I'm going, this Jeep can go anywhere I'd ever want to go. No problem on 37s. And there's all these monsters around me. And I'm like, I can remember, like, I... 
there was a time where I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I should do 37s. They're almost too big. And now I'm like, come on, there's nobody left with 37s. Where, where is everybody? It's a dying breed. <laughs> I know, yeah. man. Dying what the, breed. the hell? So how did you end up doing these builds and in Colorado? Yeah, so so long story short, so I built, I like get this inspiration for these bad builds. You know, I'm like, oh, if only, you know, I'm this college kid. Well, I, I, uh, I had sold that Jeep like a year later to and bought uh, a four-door Rubicon. Um, it was like a 2014 and I financed it. It was a big leap, but I, you know, first new vehicle, I was really proud of it. And I slowly started buying some parts from the guys over at Rebel Off-Road. I just had stumbled upon them on online. and Which are local kind of to us this, down here in SoCal, which is makes it right, even funnier, yeah. right? Like you're in Colorado and like all the these brands and stuff are Are you just here. showing off? Is that what you're doing, Holman? Can you let the guy tell a story? <laughs> no, no. <I laughs> let can't. him feel my, good about what he's doing. I'm just saying. Are it's, you saying that Colin should move down to the Southern California No, I'm just saying when you're Mecca? building a vehicle and it's like a first time of doing all this stuff uh-huh. and all of your suppliers are a thousand miles away, it's just difficult. It's true. It is. It is. He's got well, a big air, so, a big freight bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you'll get a kick out of this because that's kind of the next pillar of the story. So I ended up graduating college. I moved directly to Newport Beach, California. Uh, and, yeah, okay. All right. The plot okay, thickens. All right. So I start hanging out with Rebel Off Road, and and now I'm around builds on 40s and and one ton axles and long arms and coilovers and of course coilovers because that's their big thing. And I'm like, oh man. I want to do another build. Like I want to sell this Jeep and, and, and start over on a four door platform. And, and those guys were kind of gracious enough to say, look, if you want to do another build, we'll work with you and we'll help you with our kit and we'll take your Jeep to off-road expo and we'll use it for some marketing events. And then, and you told them you had to think about it. Yeah, no, no, he didn't. He jumped on it. No, but I was like, okay, so what else? what else do I need to do to make coilovers work? And so they start rattling off this list of parts and I'm quickly like, I can't afford this. So, um, but at the same time I was, I had developed this Instagram. I'm kind of figuring out the ins and outs of social media. And at the time uh, that page, when I started, it was called YetiCon Cause that's what I named my white order Rubicon. I named it Yeti. And so that kind of just meshed with Rubicon. So that's kind of like how I started. I, they basically, said, look, we'll help you. We'll give you some contacts, but it's up to you to reach out to them and kind of pitch your build. You've, you're going to have to learn how to create proposals and and really you, you got to understand like what people are looking for in exchange for sponsorship, you know, in exchange for components. So I learned uh, pretty quickly how to come up with this, what I feel like was a very professional approach. You know, I wasn't just, you know, sending people Instagram messages. I was cold calling them and telling them I'd follow up with an email. And then I was shooting them over like this formalized proposal with every event I'd be at, you know, what my following was, what their logo placement would be, you know, how I would, you know, uh, market them. And so I started slowly gaining sponsorship and uh, we put together a really nice build on 37s. And then it kind of progressed a couple of years later to one tons and forties. And then, Kind of in that process, I I took a new job in Colorado Springs, so I was in SoCal for like two years, and then moved out here. Well, what what were you today. doing, Colin? What what was the actual nine to five? So my actual nine to five, I was uh, an engineer, a project engineer for Boeing in Huntington Beach. Oh, okay. I worked there once. Did you really? Yeah, As a security guard, three years. Yeah, security guard, security and fire. That's a dumbass job that's compared awesome. to Dude, Colin's. That's a hard job. I used to. So Colin, you'll appreciate this. I was the voice in the man traps. So when you wow. come after hours and scan your badge and go in the man trap, I was the dude on the other side looking at you going, no thanks, <laughs> or or, or <laughs> buzzing funny. you through. So You're trying to make a lame job sound cool. 
Uh, no, it was awesome. I worked graveyards. No, yeah. dude, that's okay. the worst. All right, no, no, no. <laughs> graveyards at a freaking uh, aerospace plant. So mm-hmm. Huntington Beach has this massive pool that's sunk in the ground where they oh, used yeah. to do weightless testing and stuff. And when I was there, it was all leaky. And so that was one of the buildings that I used to have to patrol at night and stuff. And it, and it was leaking into the stairwell around it. And so it was all dark in there. And I'm in there with my flashlight. The stairs going down in the middle of the night, the water was so still, there's no reflection. And I'm Ooh. going down the stairs, and I walk right down the stairs into, into the water. water. Go, what the? And I'll never forget when it used to be McDonnell Douglas, and then Boeing uh, merged with McDonnell right. Douglas, and they sold right. off a couple buildings. By the way, one of the buildings they sold off, they were digging it up and found like parts of a Saturn V rocket stage filled with diesel oil, filled you know in in the ground. Yeah, back in the day, they just oh, used yeah. to dispose oh, yeah, of anything. Just, anyway. dug, yeah, so they had to do all that mitigation. Anyway, that building before they took it down, it's late at night. And I'm walking through the building. Everybody got laid off because they're getting rid of that. They're moving those people. It's freaking aerospace. Tell me you ran into Scooby-Doo oh, and Shaggy. Hold on. Okay. So I'm going into the door, and the people spray paint McDonald Douglas forever on the walls and, like, trash the building. And I'm walking through at night, and there's this massive, probably six-story press. I mean, it had to be, like, a 100-ton press or something. Right? Like, just massive. And I go walking around, and here's a body laying in the press. And I'm like, no, I don't. That's not cool, cause I'm not gonna be that guy. It's a mannequin or what? So I, I don't know what it is, right? There's a freaking body whose head is smashed in the press, and so oh, I'm gosh. like, I take a deep breath, and I walk over, and I sort of kick it a little bit with my uh, foot, and a piece of newspaper rolls out of the leg, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so somebody had basically oh, stuffed yeah. a. <laughs> Somebody had stuffed a blue jumpsuit full of newspaper and made a mannequin to make it look like somebody like off themselves at the press on the way out of work that day. Your awful job just got awfuler. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that brings back the old Boeing memories. (laughs) Yeah. It was a, that was a, actually, yeah, that, that place has a lot of history to it. A lot of history. So they had this opportunity to open up in Colorado Springs and for some reason they couldn't find somebody to take it. And I raised my hand and, and I thought for sure I wasn't going to get it because I really wasn't qualified. But um, they sent me out there on like a temporary assignment for six months and said, in six months, we'll see if it's working. And if it is, you can stay. And if not, we'll send you back to Southern California. So long story short, I've been here for three years. But a year ago, I left Boeing and took on a, a sales job, uh, like a technical sales role. So kind of a sales engineering role with um, a division of Honeywell. So Still, still grinding the nine to five, but but spending a lot of time uh, in the evenings and on the weekends trying to build built to wander. So here's here's his brand partners, by the way, which is like the who's who in our industry. And I think we should actually we've only had about fifty percent of these people on, so I think we should just cross them all off. That's how we'll find our next guest. But we have uh, how about Curry and Rock Jock? Yep. KMCXD. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rebel Off Road. Yep. Baja Designs. Yep. Warren. Nitto. Yep. PSE Steering. Uh, no, we haven't had PSC. Have no, we? we haven't had nope. PSC. Okay. <laughs> ARB. All right. Yep. Uh, American Adventure Lab. Uh, yep. Uh, Power Tank. Yep. Uh, Magnaflow. Uh, Magnaflow. We have not had not, them on. Oh, not not yet. yet. But I did talk to Rich. We're getting yep. we're getting them on. All right. Uh, tread lightly. Nope. Uh, best top. Uh, best top. They're coming. Oh, oh they're work, working on that. All right. Uh, JCR. Don't know who that is. Uh, Terraflex. Uh, nope. Nope. Rhino Rack. Uh, yes. Yes. Trail Team Six? Mm, nope. <laughs> AGM? <laughs> Who? AGM? 
I don't know who that is. AGM? All German motorcycles. Oh, my God. I own an AGM. I, a ball joint remover. You should remover. see his face. Dude, they, oh, yeah. They're yeah. badass. Who do I know? There, I have, He's on my phone. Oh, get him on the show. Yeah, my right. God. It just occurs to me. They make the some of the craziest, <laughs> trickiest tools. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Wait. They, they get a right. ding for sure. All right. Uh, factor 55. Wait. How did you get hooked up with AGM? So uh, a good friend of mine, he's a big rock crawler. Um, he had, uh, his name's John. Um, he had hit me up. He's like, Hey man, you need to, you need to get in touch with AGM and get some of their coilover sliders for your new boat. And so he actually like put me in contact with them and, um, they were all for it. They worked with us on the coilovers that we put into the Triton and, um, I'm getting ready to overhaul the suspension on that Jeep. And so I'm hoping to reach back out and see if they're still willing to work with us. But well, they, they are now they, that you've been on the truck show podcast. I don't know if that I helps know, him. They, oh, they make a lot of really, really cool components. Um, you know, some some things that you may not even realize are are out there. And uh, they, it seems just from you know my, what I've seen via their social media channels and stuff that they're uh, uh, definitely enthusiasts. But they have a good time. So those are some guys that I can definitely mesh with. I just heard they're drinkers. Did I just hear that? He said uh, that. that- I, I, I haven't had the pleasure of drinking with them yet, okay. but I would certainly be down to. I think that's just your bad hearing. <laughs> yeah, really, really? That's what I heard when he said they have a good time. That's what I heard. They, uh, they, they throw some, a couple back on the trail. Some really, uh, some really creative like marketing videos. Um, you know, they have some couple cool little off-road buggies or um, little, you know, KOH inspired buggy stuff that they rip around, and it's it's definitely inspiring. I mean, those guys seems like they've got a good gig going. So you're up there in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it is so amazing. I had only, I've been into Colorado a couple of times, Durango, I've been through Denver for Diesel Power Challenge and some other things, but I'd never spent any time off-road, and I was just there a week or so ago, and for four or five days, I just went up dirt trails, and all I had was a freaking 2007 Ram 3500 Dually. That's so what you is, took? You took the red truck th- out there? I didn't. I'll explain okay, why. Okay, all right. Later, we'll have to get back to that. I was going to take a 4x4. Four four. I was going to take our, our Eco Diesel. Yeah. Well, I got in the damn Eco Diesel, dude, yeah. and I go. I start it up, and I turn the knob to drive, yeah. and it goes, service suspension. And I go, Uh-oh. what? I turn it back to park. Oh, yeah. I turn it back to drive, and it says, and it lunges about six inches forward and doesn't move, and it says, service transmission. I go, what Uh-oh. the hell? I turn it back Did to- Did you take off the I'm battery doing, and reset it that way? Uh, I didn't have time. Oh. I was literally, my kids were there oh. in the parking lot throwing stuff in. I'm like, we can't take this. The only thing that was available was our 2007 <laughs> Red Dually, which I love, by yeah, the way. I know you do. I mean, I love, I love, I love it. And it rides so smooth. And I can't believe how rock solid that truck is. But yeah. it's not made for off-road. No. I didn't give a rat's ass. I took it up. Um, what's that area? My new favorite town ever, yeah. which is surprising. Yeah. Idaho Springs. Oh, Idaho Springs is amazing. Oh, yeah, oh my God. Super cool so town. many so many gold mines. So Holy remember crap. when I told you about how I wanted to do the Alpine Loop and uh Ure and Telluride and yes. Black Bear and Imogene? Yes. Uh, I'm doing it. When? Uh so uh AJ you know AJ uh Vandewater, right? Uh photo runner? I feel like I've definitely followed that build or have yeah. seen it, but I don't personally know. So he's uh he's a SoCal guy and he's going out there for a wedding. 
And I'm actually going to be out there for a wedding. And he's like, I'm trying to get some people together to go do this right after Labor Day. And I'm when like, is this? I'm in. Oh, right after Labor yeah, Day. Yeah, the, the week after Labor Day. So I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to go finally get to the Colorado high country that I've been trying to wheel at for 20 years. Oh, wait a minute. So then I would be at Daytona truck awesome. meet and then I would fly back and then be with you? I don't think I can take that much time off. Yeah, you're, you're already- uh, Oh my God. But anyway, going back to Colorado, so I was staying up in Evergreen. Uh, my brother has rented a house for like six, eight months. And it's just, that area is insane. But- I went up and my my kids and I ate and hung out in in um, uh, in Idaho Springs, and mm-hmm. went up some side roads, and just kept going. I just kept going all the way over, and I thought, oh, this could end up great or it could yeah, end up but badly. You had a diesel, and, so you had lots of fuel, sure, and you had six tires. So even if you blew one, you'd still <laughs> exactly. be okay. Yeah. But if you, yeah, yeah that's true. That's, yeah, good point. <laughs> Although you couldn't take one from the rear and put it on the front, sure not, up, not up on right. the trail. Why not? You didn't bring a jack with you? You did all that without any tools? I mean, I had a jack, but yeah, I didn't have any tools. Yeah, of course you could have. Yeah. You only need two of the four on the back. You'd <laughs> be fine. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just, the country up there is just Dude, gorgeous. Dude, I'm so stoked to go hit so up Colorado. I was, I was telling uh, Holman off air is that I was up there for a Tuesday through Saturday. And Tuesday through Saturday, I was hanging out at ATS Diesel and some other places. And I go up there and I'm doing some off-roading as best I could with, in a giant dually, right? It was too wide for a lot of the, the trails. But just having a great time. And then Saturday hits. And we go up and we make our way out the I-70 east. Yep, yep. And I couldn't believe the number of Toyotas and and just off-road equipped and Jeeps, everything. Yeah. On every single side road yeah. was packed hundreds and hundreds. And deep. every one of those guys was looking at you going, who's the a-hole who brought the two-wheel drive dually on here because now I can't get I, by? Yes, yes. Exactly. And, but every single one had mountain bikes and they're hiking and, and men and women and everyone just, I couldn't believe how outdoorsy the whole entire And here you are was. like shoving a bacon cheeseburger in your mouth and a 20-year-old <laughs> truck just belching black yeah. dude oil smoke i was so freaking white trash i was just <laughs> yeah but with my flat bill hat you, you didn't you didn't have a yeti you just had like a a polystyrene cooler that you got at like 7-eleven no bro and, i had my i had my red igloo yeah, did you yeah. You, yeah but you're using it as your center console yeah, exactly. for your armrest right yes, that's right <laughs> oh look at this like i got a yeah, you got an armrest burn no no i got a yeah on my left i was i was doing out the window yeah and it was sitting there for so no, long dude, truck, so truckers are passing you going no no really no, yeah <laughs> Look, I got a freaking like my elbow is cut open. It, it is was cut open. The, yeah, the hell is that? Does it feel like being a real man? Uh, it feels <laughs> oh, manly. Love it. So Colorado it, is the bomb. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. it, yeah we've um, we so actually back in March we started a vlog series with Driving Line. So they um, they host it for us on their YouTube and it's long format, so minimum thirteen minutes or so. But we're kind of going through our builds, some of our adventures, kind of what we're up to at Build to Wander and. Um, because of that, uh, I've been out more this summer more than I ever have. And, you know, we've hit at least a half a dozen trails out here, if not more. Um, and so I've, I've knocked a few off the bucket list. I've actually got a trip with driving line to go up to, uh, URA Telluride area in September, um, uh, for their on the trail series. I'm going to be uh, hosting that with those guys. And so it's been awesome. I'm like, you guys said, you know, we're, finally uh getting to see some of this stuff and it's like it's in my own backyard and i'm kicking myself for not having taken more advantage of it but the the trails out here are unreal it's a totally different terrain too i've spent a ton of time on the trails in southern california and in you know places like moab utah but um it's a whole different ball game out here and the, the only downside is that it really is seasonal because of, of all the snowfall that they get so uh, but 
you have you know you can definitely take advantage of it in the summer months yeah but in uh, in the winter you can just go west and go do all the beautiful stuff in utah exactly so i mean you you guys there's so i mean it's just amazing every time i go you know denver's like 20 hours from socal uh, Moab's about 12, 13 hours from SoCal. No, with, not, not 20. For, I just did Denver to here, it's, and it's, it took me it's 13 a, and a half. It's exactly 1,000 miles. Yeah, but if you're if you're going to stop and, you know, eat lunch and all, I mean, you're not I doing made, straight no, through. I did do straight through, oh, and I right. made the kids pee out the window. I've done that <laughs> with a catheter. In their Gatorade bottle. <laughs> in their Gatorade bottle. They, they, don't drink that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's I, I always feel like I always go there for a reason. But then I'd never have enough spare time to stay there and do anything. So I'm stoked. That's why I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah, I'm going, and then I'm going to be there and extend my trip. So that's it's awesome. Back to your builds. So Colin, yeah, what are you out there actively trying to do builds? Are you uh, if 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 some company maybe it's a Mountain Dew or something like that, they want a a, a unique build for um, a video series or for an event series. Are you open to taking on clients? What's your what does this look like for you? Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, I think ultimately that's kind of my dream is to have clients come to me, bring me their vehicles, and you know, put together a whole build plan for them and execute on it. I think that would be very flattering. Um, I can tell you currently we're um, we're building three vehicles for Rhino Rack. We've built together kind of like a marketing plan for Rhino Rack. Um, we're coming coming in almost as a, as a marketing agency, so we're providing these builds, but also this whole content plan, so that if something, God forbid, if SEMA doesn't happen, you know, based on the current circumstances, we still have three beautiful builds that that they can leverage um, for marketing and media purposes, you know, over the course of the next year, and to still be a home run for their brand. So, you know, we're working on that, um, but yeah, I haven't haven't had the opportunity yet to really do too many like corporate builds, but I would love to do that. I mean, I, I have had people, you know, tell me that, um, I do have an eye for putting together a cohesive build. And I think that's, uh, you know, I appreciate that. I, I would say it's important to be able to stand back and, and figure out, you know, a vision and, and how this build's going to come together over the course of time, because, you know, too many people, start with one component and add another and then before you know it they've got all these mix and match frankenstein yeah and it just really takes away from the i think the beauty of the build because these jeeps are you know they look gorgeous off the showroom floor and then you start to build them and and they really can transform so um yeah i mean i hope to do that one day now Um, you've been doing jeeps would you consider like a colorado or maybe an f-250 or anything like uh, that so it's funny because we just did a Colorado. I haven't had, actually had a chance to really feature it, but we did a Colorado mm. on 35s, a ZR2, which is really big. Nice. Um, it looks aggressive as hell. We did a uh, 488 gears in it, um, and like a two inch lift, so it's pretty low and and mean. It's actually uh, lives in San Diego, so it's in the SoCal now. And then uh, we've done a couple Toyotas. We're doing a Tacoma for SEMA this year. We just finished a 4Runner that we actually put out a video on um, driving line of. And we worked with Toy Tech Lifts up in Denver on the suspension for that. And we, we added some Rhino Rack accessories. And, wait, and hold and, on a second, Colin. What's the yeah. we? Who's the we? So I say we. So um, me as in Built to Wander, I coordinate everything. And then um, – uh, Matt Thompson at 3D Off-Road, you know, he's my builder. He's the one who's done really all the magic to Triton JL. So he he has done the the labor on most of these builds. So he did the labor on the 
on that ZR2 Colorado. He put together the Forerunner. He's going to be putting together the Tacoma for us. Yeah, we've done another Tacoma build with with Toy Tech. It was actually built up at their facility. Yeah, so when I say we, I guess I really mean myself and 3D Off Road. <laughs> so here's the thing. Is it calling your bad accounting? <laughs> so, well... I, I can't say I because I didn't physically. I'm do just giving you a hard time, Colin. No, no, no. It's, you you certainly have to. You've got to have a team for sure. And those guys yeah. are talented fabricators. Yeah. So it's your vision. These guys execute on your vision. I'm sure there's a ton of collaboration uh, that goes oh, yeah. into these things. Do you think that you can make? Could you make a living? Because after you're paying for labor, could this be a an actual solvent business? I think for sure. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of what we're selling with the builds is is more than just the actual vehicle itself, but it's it's um, you know some of the marketing and things that go along with it. For instance, with Rhino Rack, I mean, we're executing on three builds that at the end of the day we own, but we're providing an entire marketing marketing and media plan, uh, digital content creation, and we're executing on you know some video stuff, uh, magazine coverage, all of those components come into play and it for it for sure could be a you know i think you could make a living doing it it's just a matter of of scaling it you know really creating a solid team and all that stuff just takes a lot of time i mean i'm hoping at one point you know i'll come to this crossroads where it won't make sense to continue to chase the day job because i'll be too busy doing this and i mean because this is really where my passion lies so well, it's there a, you have it. I mean, it's a dream job. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that you're making happen, right? You're not sitting around for, you know, the doorbell to ring and Publishers Clearinghouse telling you you're a millionaire. You're not sitting around waiting wait, to wait, be- Wait, Publishers Clearinghouse still a thing? I don't know. Or oh, you're okay. not waiting around for the NFL to say you've made it or or somebody signed you as a rock band, right? Like there's so many people are like, I'm just going to sit here and someday somebody's going to tell me I'm, I've am i made it. No, you're you're setting out a, a, a plan and executing and you're working two jobs. And I think- I think that's one of the reasons like we wanted to have you on is because there's a lot of guys out there who might be stuck doing something they don't really love and they want to know like who can show me the way? How can I take that leap and try and get to where I don't feel like I'm working every day because my passion is what I do. And what, I think it sounds like he had, there. he sound, sounds like Colin had some mentors early on with the guys in Huntington. Yeah. And they, yeah, they gave him they gave I, him a couple leads to go on, and then they kind of nurtured him through the process. And then they're like, patted him on the butt, and like, all right, you can do this. Go on. And <laughs> Did anybody like, pat yeah. you on the butt, Colin? Oh yeah, those, I mean, those guys <laughs> definitely owe them. I owe, you know I owe lots of them because they definitely helped um, kind of coach me as to like here's the right way to approach this. Because I think you know you guys I'm sure are aware too, working with vendors and and different manufacturers and, and partners, it's like. There's there's a professional way to approach things, and then there's everybody else. And you know, uh, it, I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised at how many people hit hit uh, these different companies up every day asking for for things. What? And so, we would not be yeah, surprised like, at all. You mean I, the marketing guy across the table from me yeah. would wouldn't? Uh... I am the recipient of all those <laughs> yeah, proposals exactly. every yeah. day. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, you so, know, how uh, often do you get uh, Instagram where it's like? Do you guys sponsor, bro? <laughs> I've actually seen. Do you guys sponsor, comma, bro? And I'm like hey, on an Instagram DM, and then it's like yeah. from at Triton Jail. It's really weird that. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was weird. It was a, it was a Sean P. Holman. Yeah, no, yeah. no, they come to me, well, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, it was kind of going back to that whole Jeep story or how I kind of got going. It was like once I did that build with rebel. I was starting to think about the jail because the jail was coming out and, um, 
I realized pretty quick I needed a brand that would stay constant when the Jeeps came and went because, you know, I don't I don't foresee this the JL being around for for too much longer, maybe another year or two, um, or or if it if it's still here, I'll be picking up another build in the process and just so just kind of going through that evolution of of building and selling and building and selling and I realized yeah I needed a a brand that would remain constant that I could market myself as. Uh, you know, under and just, you know, kind of create that professional image for for that exact reason to have that approach. So that's really where Built to Wander was was born from. And then um, it just kind of snowballed from there. But um, but yeah, there, I've had a lot of mentors over the years. I mean, one of the biggest recently, um, Ray Curry, the owner of Curry Enterprises, Casey's dad, he he's done a lot for me. He was very instrumental in putting together the SEMA bill. He helped uh, kind of put me in front of other brands and um you know really he he actually walked me around uh and introduced me to a few people at easter jeep safari last year and he said i really i would really uh you guys should really consider working with colin and and he said he was impressed with built to wander and one thing that stuck out at me was that he told these guys he's like you know he's building a brand uh on his own and he's not doing this with the backing of some major corporation you know he's not this big corporate giant putting together a build um so I think I thought that was cool that he recognized that I was kind of, you know, chipping away at my own thing and trying to create something uh, out of out of nothing, really. Yeah, and you're you're bootstrapping it, as they say. Yep. So, That's but the way to do it, it. it was really uh, really humbling, though. I I did not expect that. I've never had anybody really vouch for me that way before. So I owe a lot to Ray Curry as well. Just I've, yeah, just the mentors over the years. It's been it's been humbling. It's been really rewarding at the same time. So I'm really appreciative of that. Well, uh, congratulations on your success and uh, in getting the brand out there. Again, it's uh, at Built to Wander. If you want to check them out, with a number uh, two, with a number two on the web or on number Instagram. Two, yeah. yeah, at uh, Triton JL. If you want to see his Jeep build, which again was one of the, I think one of the first ones that really got big on 40s. I mean, you know, people were so hungry for seeing a JL on big wheels and tires and wanted to know how people were doing it. And uh, it's a great looking build. I'm not normally a blue guy, but mm-hmm. that thing came out awesome. Yeah, and I'm not really either. I mean, my last three builds were black, white, and gray. So uh, this was the first like build of color, and it was you know kind of kind of had to go out uh, on a limb and do something different. But I felt like I needed to do something different. Um, but yeah, I was I was happy with how definitely happy with how it came out. Um, and the funny thing is, we actually built this Jeep around a 42. We've been uh, like many people wondering when Nita's going to release it, and um, and it keeps getting pushed back. But hopefully. Um, this build will ultimately get to see a 42 inch tire and, uh, we're looking forward to that day, but it does really well on forties too. So I'm not complaining. Well, we'll be, uh, we'll be watching for the 42s on there and, uh, dude, congrats. I mean, it's awesome. I, I, I love hearing the story from the other side, right? I think you hear people who are mentors, but you don't hear about the people doing things because somebody inspired them or, or mentored them along the way. So it's really it's cool, cool to hear yeah. your, hear your story. Yeah, and I I so appreciate you guys having me. I mean, it's been fun like listening to some of the different stories. Um, I've definitely found inspiration on you know various episodes on the Truck Show podcast. And wait, that's wait, wait, hold on a second, Colin. You've heard this show and you still and came you still on. wanted to come on. What's wrong yeah. with you? Your judgment is suspect. Oh, dude, I that's it. Enjoyment out of it. Lost all respect for you now. <laughs> so, but uh, no, but I mean, I, I've I've found inspiration in some of that too. And I mean, that was ultimately why I wanted to reach out and get involved. I mean. I love the platform that you guys have and, and some of the some of the people you're able to bring on. Like I said, I 
I've uh, I've definitely enjoyed that. So I really appreciate you guys. Oh, having thank me. you. We we appreciate that, and hopefully uh, I'll get to join you on the trail at some point, and we'll uh, go do some wheeling. That would be awesome. Yeah, let's hope our our paths cross on the dirt, and then uh, we can get out and have a good time. Well, thank you uh, for breaking off some time for us, Colin. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, brothers. All right, bye. Holman, how are you feeling about checking in on our five-star hotline, 657-205-6105? It would excite me greatly. Really? Yeah. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. It's the five-star hotline. Five-star Lightning, Holman, Marshall again. Had an epic adventure this past weekend. Got to tell you guys about this kind of a long story. Recently moved out here a couple weeks ago. Um, my brother lives out here. He's got a like 2001, 2002 GTJ. It's all built, lifted. Any idea where here is? is it, does it mean here, Southern California? I think it's SoCal, yeah. Okay. Lockers, all that good stuff. Uh, another friend of mine has a uh, 2017 JK Rubicon, fairly stock, but he's got some stuff done to it. They were like, "Hey, we're going out, uh, going out rock crawling this weekend. Pretty, pretty straightforward trail. Uh, Full size truck can go on it. Easy peasy. Cool. We'll go up there. Loaded the wife up, loaded the daughter up, and headed up the trail." Is he in a crime scene? Well, I was going to say, clearly he couldn't afford a new uh, nice neighborhood here in California. <laughs> He's in South Central? What's going I'm on I'm not there? sure. got probably a mile, mile and a half into the trail, and uh, my buddy's 2017 Rubicon is trying to go up a little technical section, and he's got full hydro assist, and he just snapped or bent his uh, his tie rod completely into U-shape, granted it's yeah. a completely stock tie rod, so I think it was just too much pressure on the, uh, the stock setup. Long story short, we wrapped the worn winch synthetic rope around that sucker and uh, managed to get it straightened back out. Gave him the ultimatum, like, should we keep going or should we turn around? And my buddy who broke his JK decided, no, you know what, it's fixed. Let's just let's just keep going. Got up the trail, I don't know, probably another two or three miles. Got to a pretty technical section again. Once again, our buddy in the Jeep got hung up on some rocks and bent his tie rod again and ripped out a couple of the lines going to the hydraulic ram. Oh, so he should learn how to drive. He had to winch himself <laughs> yeah. up off the trail. And as I was making this 90-degree turn in this technical rock section, don't really know quite what happened because my truck's so damn big and we we're on you know a fairly tight trail. But uh, I must have hit the log that was kind of lining this trail and... Uh, so full-size Ram uh, HD is what he's uh, rocking. Oh, okay. Snap the uh, drag link end right out of the uh, pitman arm, and uh, there's about seven or eight UTVs behind us, and then two more uh, Jeep Cherokees. They weren't with us, but they were it was like a freaking 405 traffic jam on a Friday night on this trail out in, up in the mountains, and... You know, as we're sitting here scratching our heads, how the hell we're going to get my truck up off the trail and get it fixed? I don't know. Probably. And it just cuts off right there. Well, I guess uh, your story's over. Oh, wait a minute. Here's another one. What the heck, guys? Your voicemail box thing doesn't last <laughs> long enough. To and he's back. Giant epic story. Seven or eight razors behind us. Another two jeeps directly behind us. Uh, as we were trying to figure out how we're going to move my truck off the trail, seeing as we couldn't steer it. 
Uh, probably another three or four racers came from in front of us, and another three or four full-size vehicles came the other way. So, needless to say, there's this giant, you know, traffic jam on this single rocky trail in the middle of the Colorado mountains. And, of course, my dumb ass, everyone else has Colorado plates on their vehicle, and I have the California plate. So here I am. Oh, look at this dumbass California guy stuck on the trail in his full-size Dodge. Had to use the two Jeeps behind me with uh, some snatch blocks and some winches and winched my truck up the trail. Had to tie a winch around the wheels to turn up off the trail and then another winch to lift the back of my truck up and slide it off the trail. Meanwhile, my brother and his TJ took my wife, my daughter. You know... Normally, Holman, these adventures sound like fun. Like, oh yeah, yeah we went. No, this one just sounds miserable. Uh, not yet. I don't think we've reached misery yet. Oh really? No, I think at this point it's. Uh, yeah, we're we're not quite there. Okay. Girlfriend and his daughter back down the mountain. Met up with my parents to take the kids home and my brother's girlfriend home. My wife home. My brother went and got a new tie rod for or uh, drag link in for my truck. New tie rod for that JK. That, it's about two hours down and two hours back. So we were up there until about 9 o'clock at night, and then my brother showed up. He got a flat coming back up to us the second time. Oh, my God. Managed to pull his wheel off <laughs> in the middle of the trail, beat the crap out of his wheel with the rock because he bent the wheel. Thank God I had my power tank with me, was able to get the beat set on that wheel, fill the uh, tire back up, put the new drag link end on, Made it about five feet, and the threads pulled out of that drag link end and broke again. Oh, damn, now, dude. Midnight, decided, well, we have a generator and a welder at home, which is about another two and a half hours away. So, oh, man. Got back to the home, I don't know, about two o'clock. Loaded up the big-ass generator and a Millermatic uh, 215. Hauled out back up to the trail. It's about four in the morning now. Unloaded all the tools. Ground the uh, drag link end down, grinded the uh, pitman arm down, and welded that sucker in. Prayed to the off-road gods that I'd be able to get out of there and turn my truck around, loaded the generator and all the tools up, and made it home by about 8.30. Uh, A.M. or P.M.? Uh, it's got to be A.M. at this point. Did it end I, there? Is that what? Nope, there's another one. No. <laughs> yeah, so we made it, up, made it home about uh, 8.30 a.m., we started that trail about uh, noon the previous day, Saturday. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, ultimately um, that pitman arm was kind of wallered out, and I think the uh, the drag link end just wasn't sitting right in there and just snapped. I hit it just that right at the, the wrong time, and uh, yeah, decided to go bye-bye. So another epic, uh, epic adventure, and uh, definitely last a lifetime. I'm going to pause here. Holman, I don't know if you're paying attention, but the story started when he was in his truck or car, right? He was truck. in a vehicle because yep. you could hear the wind noise. Yep. And then just now transitioned to a very quiet place. So his long commute, he finally made it home. That's uh, how long this goddamn but, conversation is. But he had to do it through <laughs> uh, sirens and a bad neighborhood <laughs> and uh, windy weather. And Hope we can have some other callers call in and tell us about their epic uh, trail failure. No, dude, they can't. You've used up all the voicemail space. <laughs> now we got to delete them all. <laughs> or adventures where they've been stuck on the trail for a ridiculous amount of time. And what did they end up having to do to, uh, to fix their, their rigs and get back on the road? Uh, 
maybe Holman, you can share us share some stories. Have a good one. Yeah, buddy. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, listen, thank you for the uh, the voicemail. That was, it was entertaining, and I know we're poking fun, but we really do appreciate you calling. 657-205-6105. If you have a, a trail horror story, it, we want it to turn out good. but if it Or was bad. A, well, yeah, okay. We just, <laughs> as long as there's no death or dismemberment, like, then we're, we're good. But cool if you it. lost your vehicle down a cliff and nobody died, totally into that. Absolutely. Mafia John here. And, uh... You know, for a second there, I was worried. I thought, man, I don't know if they're going to do it or not. And then I started thinking to my to my myself, you know what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen right now. So you know what? Congratulations, guys. You did it. We did it. We all did it. Congratulations. I don't have the slightest. Now do you know? Oh, he did the meow at the very end. Okay, so, so. he was the one while we were, were uh, recording that you know episode. I think it was two ago, like one thirty. I don't know, four ish. Sure, where we added the meow at the end, and everybody was asking us why was there a random meow at the end? Because Mafia John because, asked yeah, us to do it. Because he basically uh, sent us a DM when we happened to be in the studio and basically th- taunted us and said, "You guys, there's no way in the world you'll throw a meow in there," and it's like. Hold my beer. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, thank you. Appreciate that, Mafia John. Good to uh, get to hear from you. And glad we could, uh, I mean, come on. That right there is podcast customer service. What is happening, Lightning and Holman? This is Solomon from the F100 Talk podcast. And uh, I knew about you guys, and I've been following you guys for a while. Listen to a couple episodes here and there. But I just do Is he allowed to be on the podcast? Yeah, no, we're 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 po- other we're, podcasts we're cool friendly. With them? Yeah, okay, all right, okay, just making sure. Yeah, we're a good. road trip at my 1970 Ford F250 Crew Cab that's sitting on a 1996 Dodge 2500 chassis. I road trip from Miami to Pigeon Forge to Dallas back to Miami, and while I was in Dallas, one of my buddies, Jeff Martin, over at Monthly Speed, is like, "Hey man, you gotta go home and listen to these guys. They're the bomb." Like, I know I've listened to a couple of their episodes. They're super awesome, and. uh I've pretty much been driving for like 18 hours now, so that means that I've listened to like 18 hours worth of pod, and uh, <laughs> pretty rad stuff you guys got going on. I really like your format. I really like the guests, and uh, you had the big head hot show over. You know, you had Ronnie on. That was awesome. So uh, I really enjoy whenever Ronnie's on a podcast, so you kind of get to know a little bit more about him than uh, you hear on Head Talk, and you know, I know him because he's kind of my boss in the podcasting world now that we're doing this whole F100 talk shindig. So I just wanted to reach out, say what's up, say you guys are kicking butt, and, uh, you know, keep it between the ditches. We'll catch you guys later. Five stars. Yeah, buddy. See you wow. later. That's well, thanks, uh, Solomon. Yeah, appreciate thank that, you man. very much for the call, Solomon. That's, uh, that's very cool. And coming from another podcaster means quite a bit to yeah, us, actually. Especially since we think we suck. <laughs> that's no, true. Or know that we suck. I can't even finish the episode without throwing this out there. You guys are talking about what's a truck, what ain't a truck, and you got these whole long lists and this and that. I think we could just shorten this whole thing down by saying Honda Ridgeline does not equal a truck. Let's just put right. that out there. Yeah, yeah we're good with that. Let's just put a little asterisk by this thing and say, by the way, Honda Ridgeline is not a truck. Barry There's Bonds a lot of, of trucks. That we could say mm, maybe that's a truck, <laughs> but that's just not. So. Let's just get that out there in the universe. If you drive a Honda Ridgeline and you think it's a truck, I'm sorry, but it's just not. 
I mean, I, that's fair. Well, yeah. I mean, we we've, we've been saying this. So, but day ones. No, but here's what he's saying. He's saying, don't bother with this ridiculous long list. What the drug and not the yeah. drug? It's like everything's, everything's a, a truck truck minus yeah. on original. That's Got exactly it. Okay. right. All right. What are you wearing, Jay, from Banks? Mm. Sounds hideous. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what is what sure. you're referring to. Normally, you're wearing Banks gear. Today, you, um, you're Banks free. What? I'm not sure. When, uh, when have I talked about my apparel? Is it when I was talking about your apparel? No, I think it's our photos that we take in the studio where people oh. are always see you in Banks gear. It's because I'm coming right from work. Well, he sounds hideous. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Hey, this is Mike Boyle. I just uh, started listening to the latest episode, and I had to stop. Holman, you are not allowed to come and play in my backyard until you learn how to pronounce the town's <laughs> name. It's you ray not Uray. Uray. Ooh, touche. Talk to you later. Bye. Uray. Touche, Uray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you uh, have a bone to pick with us or uh, want to tell us an awesome story about your epic fails on some uh, road trip uh, or off road adventure, hit us up. Five star hotline, 657 205 6105. We want you to be part of the show and uh, tell us what's on your mind. Five star. Five star. Five star. Hotline. Holman. Yes, Lightning? There's a guy sitting across the table from me. I know. I just let him in the studio. Who is he? I told you. Read the notes. <laughs> I know. Don't you give him the show notes? Dude. Come on. I'm being funny. <laughs> of course. Don't you do it. funny. Rob Spencer in the house, everybody. <laughs> oh, by the way, I just passed uh, a, 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 a post-it note to Lightning and said, uh, Rob Spencer's in. <laughs> because, I, because I wasn't paying attention, I was on my Instagram. Is that what you're saying? We were just talking about uh, anybody who listens to the show knows that uh, my man Lightning here is incapable of doing more than one thing at, at a time. So while he was in the corner texting, mm-hmm. I let Robin and Rob sat down and Lightning looked up and was like, "Why is there a uh, a tall, fit, bearded man staring across from me at the table?" And then he had to explain. Well, the guy's got quite an interesting story, and he's with Goose Gear. Yep. But first, wait, you can't talk. <laughs> yeah, we have to have a, there's an intro for you. You need to pull up a stool. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a, a story. story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? This man is full of stories. Yeah, That's I, what I'm hearing. I wonder if uh, if she's going to tell any of them, or uh, I think we have them in the podcast studio because we want to talk about Goose Gear and some of the awesome stuff that uh, that they're doing in the truck and off-road market. But if you get to know Rob, and, and Rob, you and I kind of ran in the same circles and knew a lot of the same people, and I don't know how I haven't met you until recently through a mutual friend. I don't know how you guys get any guests on here with it being this hot in here. <laughs> See, we don't think anyone believes us because we're always crying. You know, it's like crying yeah. wolf. Because at first in our last studio, Rob, we had an ant problem. Now, we had yeah. air conditioning. It was in Santa yeah, Ana, California. but there are ants. But we had ants. As a matter of fact, flip around and tell me what that is behind you on the desk, right next that to the printer. That is a... In the, in the green box. Hold that up. That is a... <laughs> you guys doing an ant farm? Yeah, see, that was from one of our one listeners. One of our listeners. Who's uh, like, if you guys have us. so many ants, why don't you freaking... Yeah, you should cultivate them. Cultivate them and <laughs> yeah, put them in a farm. So, so we, uh, we it's still in the box. Farm. Yeah, we, we got that around the time that we got this beautiful studio. The problem is with COVID is that there's no one in this beautiful building, so they're like... There's no AC. They just shut yeah. the power off, and we're, we're lucky we have well, lights. we have power, but we don't have Let's, uh, uh, any let's take five and go look. <laughs> we can, we got to track it down somewhere. Yeah, right. There's, there's going to be a box with a big, giant master lock on yeah. it. That, 
I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work, and it sounds like it, I'd be even hotter after uh, <laughs> tramping around the building looking for uh, this magic electrical vault. I think we should because it's hot as freaking balls in here. <laughs> it's pretty hot in here. I so, mean, that little thing that you call an air conditioner is not. It's I an don't air... call that an air conditioner. Okay, it, it's that's just a fan. A, it's an air mover. That's yeah, all it does. It's pointed yeah. right at me right now. Yeah, it is. Because you get mad when it's pointed at you. Well, because it makes wi- it on the that's mic. That's fine. That's <laughs> uh, then I'm just going to take it. Unfortunately, I had put Rob in the seat where. Uh, the fan would hit him too, and you moved him. So, yes. well, I had him because that mic is not working right now. Do you so see how I'm sweating go. right now? Yeah, I'm no. already starting to sweat. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's accumulating in his beard. Pretty soon, yeah. he's going to be able to squeeze it out. Yep. And uh, that's his survival skill, by the way. Is if Rob's <laughs> ever uh, stuck in the uh, desert, he just Plenty squeezes his beard. Hold on, do me a favor uh, yeah. and flip around and open that box right there and grab him a Truck Show Podcast T-shirt for his. Uh, his head. For his head, yeah, yeah, so he can wipe it down. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. What, what, uh, I don't want to use a new shirt for my head. Well, you're going to take it home and wash it. No, 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 you take the shirt you're wearing for your head, oh, and we there, give you a new shirt to wear. There you go, there exactly. you go. <laughs> what, what size are you? XL. He's Do a, I look petite? He, he, no, he's a yoked individual, as they say. I, I mean, I'm a XL, but my, like my big parts are on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You need to rearrange your big parts. I am definitely, yeah. definitely not uh, a yoked man. I appreciate it, though. Yeah, I, mean, there you go. I mean, you're more yoked than us on the yoke scale. Thank you. That's rad. Used to uh, fight MMA Love back it. in the day, right? Yeah, so I came out of the MMA world. Um, it wasn't even called MMA back then. There was no such thing. It, it was, was called a bunch of guys beating the crap out of each other. That's really what it was. It was definitely a joke compared to what you know as MMA today. It was called NHB, No Holds Barred. Right? Uh, I thought it was called Fight Club. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I remember watching that stuff early on when they would have club nights before, like it would go down to Kokomo's and Irvine and other places, and they would have, they'd put it up on the big screen, and it was a bunch of dude, flat bill dudes with uh, tall black socks and wearing dicky <laughs> shorts, and they would you know, cheer on their buddy from the 909, beating the crap out of somebody else. And they knew that it was mixed martial arts, but none of us did. And it was just a bunch of dudes barbarians it was in like, a ring. It was like boxing, except you could kick and do a bunch of other yeah, cool right. stuff, and right? And they got really bloody really fast. So you, 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 back in the day, you'd go down like an Indian reservation along the border or even on the other <laughs> side of the border. And you'd fight for a couple hundred bucks. And chances are, actually, you're going to end up fighting a drunk Marine that's just down there to fight anyways. <laughs> oh, man. But- Theoretically, you know, you go in there and different styles match up and wait. And I've seen guys that are 150 fight 250 pound dudes, and it was it was just it was crazy. It All was the wild yeah. west. Absolutely, it was broken crazy. bones, stuff that grossed you out, nuts, just crazy stuff. Okay. Crazy stuff. How did you survive? Um, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's a- so, <laughs> so. What's what's the background in the mixed martial arts for you? So, to, to be honest, it came out of a uh, this. This is a longer story. You sure you want to get into? Yeah, it? Well, yes. yeah. So a long time ago, um, back in the early mid '90s, I was in a car accident. This car accident, it, it was a diabetic guy. I was surfing down at uh, San Onofre. Okay. We were camping, surfing, and I was waiting for a friend early in the morning. And everybody else was at the campsite, but. They didn't surf. Only I surfed, and a friend was coming down to surf with me. So I'm sitting at this this high this exit called Christian Needles, right? Yep. It's where Trestles is. Trestles is world world big, renowned big, spot. Big, yeah, spot. Right? So uh, and I'm sitting at top of the off ramp, waiting for him. And I guess the way it goes is a guy who was um, diabetic left Long Beach from his parents' house, not feeling well already. But he thought he could make it to his house in Oceanside, and he that's made a long it. Drive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's an hour and a half. Turns out, yeah, very long. <laughs> yeah. So, so he uh, he couldn't make it. He went unconscious. Went to a diabetic coma on the freeway. Oh my god! So he's cruising down the fast lane of the 405, and he hits the center divider, 
and veers off of that all my luck of course without hitting another thing from the fast lane to the free all the way up the off ramp and t-bones me at 65 miles an hour at the oh top of the off ramp. oh my god and i was in a jeep at the time and uh and this car hit me right around the rear tire and my jeep went up in the air of course and because he got me at the rear tire it was up and spinning at the same time when it came down i was on the side of my jeep my head was in between the roll bar and the street so oh it God. crushed crushed my jaw, uh, ripped my ear off. I was paralyzed on the right side of my body for a bit. The biggest injury it gave me, though, uh, it took my memory from birth to that accident, and it never came back. So at the time, I, I worked in the harbor as like an auditor for Nissan, and I couldn't do it. But what the accident didn't do, it didn't take my muscle memory. So I became a, I, I honest, let me back up a little bit and tell you this thing about in the hospital, I'm, I'm healing, I'm getting, you know, all the process, that kind of thing. And you were married at the time. I was married. I'm still married. It, still married. 20, to the, we just celebrated 28 years, August 8th. And how many, how many do you remember? I, 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 I don't I mean remember, that as a joke, but I mean, that's part well, of what we got happened. married in 92. So I, I think it was three years. Three years. We were okay. about three or four years. Because in. you woke up and you were like. Who am I? Who's Who this person you? in front of me? Yeah, so it's a very interesting perspective because it's like, it wasn't, it, it's not like you would think, right? It's it's very much compartmentalized. So I knew like, like I didn't freak out because I didn't know what a human being was, right? Right, right. But I couldn't remember who I was. I couldn't remember any of my life. I couldn't remember my family, my friends, any schooling, any... Understand that at every life decision you made from birth up to that point is what makes you who you are. So I didn't have any of that. Isn't that right? weird? It's like uh, you're on a PC and you're just missing that folder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got all the yeah. other folders. You can still but turn the PC on, right? You can yeah. still see what time it is and you know how to click things open, but you just don't. The first problem is you're on a PC. Well, yeah, right. Well, yeah, well, you right. notice both of us are on Macs here. So. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's very much like that. So, so I had this. Uh, they're trying everything. You know, they know nothing about brain injury today. Uh, very little. Imagine yeah, back, back then, then, right? Yeah. Nothing. They were trying to show me photographs. They were bringing in people to tell me stories. They were doing all kinds of weird stuff towards the end. And finally, I just had enough of being a, a guinea pig. And I just said, you know what? I remember everything. I was a sponge. You just spent the first, literally, the first two weeks of my life giving me all of this information. It was right there for me, you know? So I lied and I said, I remember everything. I checked myself out and I went home. My mouth was wired shut for a long, long time. My, my jaw was so destroyed from that roll bar, right? But so I knew that I made a calculated decision at the time. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now, right? Because I don't, have to, I don't have to be accountable. My mouth is shut. I don't talk to anybody. Nobody can figure out that I'm lying because I can't talk, right? So I'll make sense of this when I'm away from here alone by myself in the house. So I'm back now, and this is this is weeks and weeks and weeks after say, it happened. Do you walk into the house and the house is unfamiliar and everything's nothing's unfamiliar? Nothing's familiar. Nothing's wow. familiar. I, in fact, one, there's a very distinct memory driving home from the hospital. Did the, you remember how to drive? No, I got a ride. Okay. Right? I mean, I knew how to drive. Yeah. But I didn't. Again, remember. he said the muscle memory was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I remember just, driving. But as he's telling stuff. the story, and I've I, we've talked about, it, I've heard the story before, but I'm always fascinated. Like, do you know that that's a 
you know, a YJ, a TJ, a, a whatever. No. Like, or are they just four wheeled things that are different colors driving around? Like, no, this? You, you, no. I mean, you, you kind of. It's not that you you recognize them as automobiles yeah. or whatever. You know, it doesn't seem foreign to you. But I couldn't tell like you. Like I'm on a freeway and there's other vehicles around me and that's not weird. Right. But I couldn't tell you. I can't tell what you. It hey, is. that's a Ford. Hey, yeah. that's a right. That yeah. kind of thing. Crazy. So I, I could tell you that two plus two equals four, but I couldn't show you how it equaled four. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, all that muscle memory. Yeah, it's it's a trip, right? So anyway, so I'm home now, and uh, and my mouth is wide shut, and and I lied to everybody, including my wife, which is a big mistake, right? And about the first ten years of that, I was lying about it. Wow. So yeah, uh, obviously every argument. Every problem we had was about me being emotionally disconnected to everything. Yeah, duh, well, right? Well, you were, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. How did you, I don't understand how you got away with lying because she could seriously, she could just ask you a question that you couldn't answer. Because when you don't know who you are, you can be anybody. That's really the gist of it. When you don't know what you are and are not supposed to say, it's very easy to, f- I went on to a career in, in trafficking and runaway locates and stuff like that and I was very good at it undercover and a lot of that that success was found because I could I could be anybody. I could do anything. I didn't know what I couldn't do, so I could do anything. I didn't know who I was, so I could be anybody. Did you have fear? Um, not instinctively, mm-hmm. right? So getting back to your your loss of memory and, and, and finding jobs, finding fitting in, how does that all work? Because you so, ended up at eventually at Goose Gear and writing a phenomenal blog that we're going to talk about in a minute. Like, your life didn't stop being fascinating. It so got more Goose so. Gear is actually my first job. Oh. I w- I'm really unhirable until <laughs> I found somebody that would believe in me, right? Okay. So that's it, right? So ultimately, I couldn't do what I was hired to do at the other place. So I had to make up a, a story. What was the other place? That was where I was an auditor for Nissan. Oh, okay, okay. So I sold everybody a bill of goods that, hey, I always wanted to open a martial arts school and all that kind of thing. Came out of blue, of course, but, and then I opened the school and like, I never did like the katas and the, uh, you know, all the traditional martial arts. Back then it was, there were actual styles of martial arts. It wasn't like fighting schools or, or the Brazilian jiu-jitsu wasn't even here back then, right? So, but I didn't do all that. I studied movement. I taught body mechanics. I, instead of teaching, so if you guys are in a class and I'm teaching you how to throw a jab, that's great. And you throw that jab a million times, that's great. Now you got that one jab in that one context that you could throw really well. But if I teach you how the way the body moves and if I teach you how to connect your body to, to make it powerful in any movement, and if I teach you where to hit on your hand and how to, now all of a sudden you have a jab that works in every situation that's, that's maximized to who you are. So I always took that approach, right? If I teach you how to, if I teach you balance and movement and breathing, those will lead you to success. Uh, uh, another scenario is if I teach you an arm bar, there's probably a more understandable scenario. If I teach you an arm bar, you will know how to do that arm bar in that context with the person that you did it on. If I teach you the way the arm works, you understand all the leverage points and all this. Now you have a million arm bars yeah. from anywhere, right? I did that for 18 years. Oh, wow. Which is cool, right? So, you know, early on, I found out that I really wasn't in it for the fighting. I loved watching people succeed. And, uh, and I did the fighting part of it so, because I also felt a huge responsibility 
of teaching a 45-year-old dude that really comes into the school to, to hopefully learn how to protect himself and his family a little bit and then goes to the grocery store and gets mugged and is that's on me because I tricked him into believing that I was going to show him something so I better know what I'm doing and that's kind of where that's why I dabbled into that fight world to begin with really anyway so I'm teaching martial arts and all that kind of thing and I was approached um, somewhere in the early 2000s from a from a private investigator that got a bunch of government contracts to locate and extract runaways and it was the beginning fad of the human trafficking stuff really here in the states and it's everywhere I, honestly i could it's take you cancer. i could take you outside it's right now and yeah. we could probably track so something down my in a minutes. uh yeah. my brother's wife is part of a a group down in irvine california and she there's a it's a non-profit yep. and they aid these people that that are are, are, are human traffic yeah they're being human yeah, yeah, yeah. human traffic victims yep. right and they and, and i'm like what here in Irvine? What she's like? Everywhere. Oh, you have no idea everywhere. how many people. It's everywhere. And I, well, I worked for the police department, so I mean, we saw that kind of stuff all the time. So, and mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. So honestly, when it comes to trafficking, it's a problem that is is more legitimate than than people think. Yeah, um, it's everywhere in, in high power. Anywhere there's money involved. Yep. Politics, money, drugs, politics, all that. Well, who's buying there. people? I'll give you two scenarios. So, like a guy in another country will traffic young underage women just like opening a 7-eleven it's just regular business but there's also people called headhunters and let's say goes to uh, the himalayas and they say we're going to open a factory in the himalayas and we're going to make this one chip and this chip is going to change everything so they go and they dump all kinds of money and they they get the people the local people there to hire people so these people are called headhunters. These headhunters will go to the Philippines. They'll go to Indonesia. They'll go to, hey, we'll give you 30 bucks a month to come to this factory and make these chips. And it will change your your family's world. So then they, they go and they get them there. And and they're working. And they all gets a chip. And they're like, oh, this sucks. It's not going to work. Closing the whole thing down. And now what does that guy do? So that headhunter charges those people five grand let's say five grand to 15 grand to get them that job so they owe them that sorry buddy remember that 30 bucks it's actually only going to be 10 now and you're going to have to make shoes and when you're done paying your debt to me you're free to go that's that's human trafficking and then you get hired as <laughs> no no so so i'm now a depleted shell of a man because i gave everything to that world okay and it calloused me to no end wow so you come back with no memory and now what memory you have is calloused yeah yeah i was very jaded and very calloused so what little again you're you're it's like you've got half of the the memory the half of the lifespan and now that's it's uh, uh do you have ps ptsd in that in that amount you know of- again there's got to be right our definition of that um there's there's just stuff that comes with brain injuries right uh, even now i have i have no uh, ptsd from the the doing work where you're finding well yeah but the foundation of it never left yeah oh. i've always had ptsd oh. i've always socially anxious right i always get uncomfortable in crowds i always i don't like people behind me i i've been like that from day one right you go through these experiences and there's things that come along with it and and only only our psychology is a magnifier of that, but those things are, you're genetically different now. 
what could you do, right? So if I work with PTSD, like let's say I'll take some of the lighter part of the part of the nonprofit stuff. I'll take some of the lighter PTSD guys that that aren't too far on the scale, and I'll help them through that stuff. And I'll help them through that stuff by understanding that too bad, so sad. You had a crappy experience, right? And now what are we going to do? And through through the outdoors, um, wheeling, and then working with a team of guys, a lot of especially soldiers, it gave them that brotherhood again. And then you and then you roll that into like uh, animals, and and that and it gives a, a humanizing a, a humanizing effect on somebody's psyche. And then you roll them into working with kids, and by the time they're done with the program, they're cool, right? But the point is that as it's always been there, that that issue has always been there, and I never I never took the time to deal with it. But I had incredible discipline. So I just shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. I have this saying that, that, that I even believe in today, uh, discipline over desire. And that's the way I live my life for the most part, right? But if you go too far down the road with that, you've created- Now you're miserable. You've created yeah. a shell of a man. Well, you put yourself yeah. in a box. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, you're no longer human. Right. You know, you're just this, that's where I was. Right. That's where I was. So I found my peace in nature. Oh, you're happy, your happy place. Yeah. Yeah, totally. My happy place has always been in nature. And I found. Did you that, discover that by accident? Were you out with a friend wheeling or out found yourself at a mountaintop or a ski resort? Just or every time they- that that we are we are built. When you lose something in your brain, everything else is heightened. Every, your senses are all heightened. That's why that's why you're so you see these people that that do phenomenal things when they lose something about them right Um, but anyways so every time I was just anywhere in nature I could be in a park and I just feel an overwhelming sense of peace an overwhelming sense of connection right Um, and I get it I can be in nature and I can I will never get mugged by a pack of bears in nature (laughs) I may get attacked and eaten but they never did it maliciously because I'm a white dude or to take my wallet. Right. Yeah, right. Right. So I get that. So I threw myself into like a lot of that nature stuff. Um, and, and I always enjoyed that. So that's how I knew that. So as I'm coming to the end of my, my, my martial arts career, I'm 42, 43 and I sell my school. Um, and I, what's a cool story is I sell it to a kid that started training with me when he was seven years old. Oh, yeah, wow. that's cool. Yeah, and he was with me. And he never had a dad, and he grew up at the dojo. Okay. So I turned it over to him at, and when he was ready. Oh, that's rad. So it was cool. But anyways, so I'm now 42, 43, thinking that I'm just going to chill and love this life and realize, holy crap, there's a long way to go still. And I'm already bored, right? <laughs> so... I decide to to do something creative. I'm, one day, I told you this story the other day. One day I'm out and I open my garage door and it's full of crap. And I'm like, there's something more creative that I can do with this space. So I built out a studio and I started a, a blog. And I started the blog for a few reasons. One, because I wanted something creative as an outlet. I had no intentions on it being a job. Um, just, I was done. I was, I was so... Uh, that, uh, two, I did it because I was incredibly illiterate. Don't know where a period goes. Don't know where a comma goes. Don't, because I never went back to learn. Right. Remember I lied to everybody for 10 years. So 
I never never asked the question. Now now what? Eleven years in, I'm going to ask it. Yeah, it's where's too the late. Go? Right? It's there too late. Go. Right? Um, Is it I before E or only <laughs> yeah. except after C? Right. Yeah, in fact, just today I, I text my wife. Okay, so I'm writing this sentence. Is it T O or is it T O O? Yeah, right? or T W O. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wanted to educate myself and see if I could do it. Right? Again, I think, why can't I do it? And then third, I just wanted to let people have a piece of what I had when I'm in nature. And uh, and that's those are the those are the intentions behind starting the blog. So I started the blog and it went great. And, and that's uh, venturethewild.com. Yeah, yeah, Venture venturethewild.com. I actually started as coolguystuff.tv when I first started <laughs> it because I covered MMA and I covered, right? So anyways, as things grew, I, I narrowed it down to the one because I've, I've lived my life in conflict and I want to live the rest of my life in peace, right? And I want to help share that with people. So if you read through my blog, quickly you'll realize that it's not like I'm reviewing a winch and like the stereotypical right, outdoor preview. blogs out there, sure. right? Yeah, so um, it did very well. And, and I started doing content like small videos for Instagram and stuff like How'd that. How'd you get the word out originally? Uh, hustled. I literally just promoted, promo- wrote and promoted links mainly. I knew nothing about SEO. I knew nothing about <laughs> websites. Yep. I got up to like 100,000 a month, like pretty good good impressions 100,000 a month uh, 30% for those of you geeks that know this stuff yeah, yeah, right. uh, unique visitor rate all that good numbers all without even being SEO'd I don't even search engine optimized sure, for yeah. people that don't know that you right? weren't laying uh, tag, you know, uh, special keywords all over the site didn't even know what that was yep. didn't even know how to do that right and I still don't know so how to do that so the thing is it was just good content I mean at the end of the day you will just hey, find, if, good good, if you create good, good content, good content yeah. It will get found. You know, I, I think that people like the positivity. Yeah. You know, I think that in social media world, it's pretty ugly yeah. a lot of the times. People like the positivity. And people look at me and they, they see who I am and they see, uh, especially in the martial arts stuff, they see what I've done and that kind of thing. And they realize that it's it's different, you know. This guy is supposed to not be this way in in all the stereotypes. Yeah. What what sh- what happened to him that makes him Yeah, you know? yeah. So people just appreciated the the positivity and then I started making these little narrated video clips, minute long because you didn't have stories back then on Instagram. A minute long ones that were just um they were narrated uh positive life kind of Nar- narrated by you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's really honestly that's what really started the interest in brands working with me. And early on, brands would reach out. Brands would reach out to me, and they would they would ask me to do stuff for them. And uh, they would ask me to just do it and give it to them, and, and not. You did know. the did the first one? Who was the first that you can recall? And did it surprise you when they reached out? So, I I can't remember the first because back when you're starting this, a guy can make like a a a, a spork. That's for camping, and you're all over it. <laughs> yeah, because you just need something, something right? right? Yeah. But the first big guy that that came on early on was Terraflex. Terraflex oh, suspensions. Yeah. yeah. Make a lot. I love those guys. I will always be down for Terraflex. And if they ever needed anything from me, they are more than welcome to call me, and I'll do whatever I can for them because they believed in what I did early on, without seeing numbers, without seeing anything. They just liked what i was doing so they got behind it and uh, especially a guy named Vinny there and i think he's i think he's in the marketing now or the yeah. head of marketing or whatever 
but especially that guy. Mr. Pratt. Yeah, yeah, good dude, man. Yeah, he's awesome. So they got behind me early, and they, they did everything they everything they could for me. It was great. And then I worked with Casey Highlights for quite a while, and, oh, yeah. and I worked with Midland Radios for, yep. I had a year contract with them, and uh, there's just Yokohama for a while. And just, so at some point, you're actually saying, I'll do whatever you need, and here's the price tag. So you went from just going product placement, you know, here's my, give me your spork and it's 10 bucks for a post, to actually it's X amount per year, year yeah. and I'll do X number of posts and you gave them a proposal? Or do they just wrote you a check and say, be cool, do be, some be stuff? Be authentic. Yep. So so it was all of that. So really? Lot, so I never did this. I never said, hey, give me 10 bucks and I'll do a post. So you never created a menu as a lot of Instagrammers have. Never did. Lot, you can, never did. Yeah. I reach out to these guys every once in a while and sometimes I'll find a guy like you that'll just say like, I don't really have any, you know, anything. I'll just, I'll do what feels right, and it's, it's this much money. I'm like, yeah, you either, you know, if you like the guy, you just give him the yeah. dough. And other guys, you're on the fence. They've got a full like, it's a menu, but it's and less it's, authentic yeah. that way because they're, they're a little the bit. posts are forced. And I'd rather have somebody who is, you know, kind of like you are, Rob, where it's somebody that is gonna the the product, the moment, the placement. It all feels right, and it's authentic because you are. It's your words. You're putting something out there, not because. A schedule says at 2 p.m. on this idle Thursday, you owe a post about said product or something. Oh, yeah. So so, so you hook up with, with uh, Goose Gear at some point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So so really what I would do is I got to like you as a person first, and then I got to dig the product. Yeah. Right? If, I, if I do that, cool. I'll do it because I love to do it. Sometimes people, I would just do it for the product, or I would do it just because I'd buy the product and do the Yeah. It didn't matter to me. I wasn't in it. Good is right? good. and Good yeah. is good. And I especially love to connect people yeah. with, with good brands and good products yeah. so they don't have to buy this stupid stuff two and three times. Right. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Are you right? a fan of, would you choose, where are you on innovation versus just top-notch quality? Do you appreciate innovation, but you would side with something that's maybe not as innovative, but really well built? Because- some people are very attracted to the latest, greatest. Yeah. You, you talked about Apple earlier. And those aren't right. mutually exclusive, you know, but, they're, they're but, not. but they can be. They can yeah, be. Yeah. So where, where are you on Here's where I'm at. I'm, I'm at like, so I would tell you guys, oh, dude, get the innovative, right? But I would tell the average dude, dude, no, no, no. Don't worry about that yet. Get that in three years. Yeah. Today, get this. That's fair. You know, that's how that's how I'd approach it. Gotcha. Right? Okay. I, I'd, honestly, I'd just try to be honest and authentic and, yeah. and let it go where it goes. So anyways, I've had people- uh, and all, all realms, free content and money. Right. So, and it, it rolled into a pretty good career for several years, right. For a few years. And then there's one thing that I had as a goal, uh, understand that nobody would hire me, especially in this industry. Who am I? I've at best, I'm a, a martial arts teacher, right? So what do I, with know? a blog? Yeah. Not <laughs> even then. So before that blog, yeah. who would ever hire me? So I created the blog. Remember I told you a few things? The last thing I created for was to build out my own resume. So I just grinded it out, grinded it out, grinded it out until the blog got big enough to now. You can't deny numbers. You can't deny that. You can't deny what you see out there. And you know. So at that point, I wanted to try a traditional job. And now we're getting to Goose Gear. Ah. <laughs> so my whole life, I, uh, I've never had a job. My whole remembered life i never had a job i've always been my own guy one guy hustling always and i wanted to be a part of a team i want to be a part of a team that is working together to be the greatest in the industry i love the industry i wanted it to be in this industry 
I love the outdoors. I love what that could do to people and or for people. And I love the idea of a unified team working towards a common goal. So with that being said, I've been a fan of Goose Gear for years and years and years and years. And let's explain what Goose Gear is because, by the way, one of the highest quality period in their segment. Yeah, so Goose Gear, they, they, uh, they make... I, I call them in, I say they make great interiors. Yeah. But they would call it a they would call it more um, like a storage system or a, a think of module drawer modules. Yeah. So of. think of uh, you know originally was probably more like sliding drawers in the back of your Land right. Cruiser. Right. Where you're maybe putting your refrigerator on a slide and you have lockable storage, but it's really morphed into something completely different. Where now. There's complete interior where you remove the seats, and there's complete platforms. You can sleep in the back because you make a nice level platform for sleeping. You can take a 60-40 in the back of an SUV and keep only either the 60 or the 40 if you need to carry people, and the rest of it is all flat. Uh, It's just really – and it's very, very highly – uh, high quality, very well made. In, Super in high Huntington quality, Beach, California now. Super well made. Yeah. We just moved to Huntington Beach. We we just were talking taglines, and uh, and and one of the taglines that that was proposed was Goose Gear, the quickest way to the campfire, and the and that actually is very true. And the reason why it's true because it makes your experience so efficient. Yeah, you're not digging for stuff. Yeah, everything is it's so efficient that you don't have to pack and unpack. You don't have to dig for junk. The setup is super easy, especially when you're sleeping in your vehicle. So now you don't have all of that 30 minutes of setup and breakdown. You can hang with your friends. You can hang with your family. Well, I don't wait. Clarify something for me. So we've all seen drawer systems and rear seat deletes, which they offer as well. But how does it make you more organized? Because if you're disorganized, you still have a bunch of drawers. How does it it help? So if you're disorganized, you have... Uh, at best, you have mini bundles of stuff. You have you have mini containers. You have stuff like that, right? Oh, so you got those clear plastic storage containers from Costco. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, exactly. but, but none and of them are bungee, labeled because they're all <laughs> it's all a yep. mishmash anyway. And you got to dig through it and that kind yeah. of thing. So, for example, I'm going to give you my scenario, right? I have a I have a four door Jeep Wrangler. I love it, and uh, it's seen many, many, many very cool faces, but this form factor of it is by far my favorite and the honestly the reason why it's my favorite is because of the goose gear setup so i remove my rear seats and from behind my front seats back it's just a flat uh open almost like a cargo area right and uh, in in that cargo area there's drawer or there's hatches you lift those hatches up there's all storage underneath so think of like uh in the back of a jeep right when you're sitting in the back seat you have a footwell right and then when you fold down the seat, the top of the seat is flat or fairly flush with the cargo floor. What they do is they remove the seat and they basically make that cargo floor the same height all the way across. And then there's hatches that go down to like where the footwell would be for you to be able to access and store. Yep. You know what this reminds me of uh, when you're in a jet and the steward yes. pulls yeah. the food out of yes. the uh, yep. that stainless steel rack, and yeah. you're like, "Hey, wait, there's a drawer." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that's a, right. And it's that's right. Yeah. And this is but uh, this is this is in the floor instead of uh, yeah. it's horizontal versus vertical or are, the other way around. Are you guys? Is it birch? Is that so? It's a very high end birch. Yeah. Um, you guys uh, are seeing seeing wood. Yep. And now hold on. I prefer like low density particle board. If you <laughs> well, so that's what I want. Well, there's a lot of yeah. people out there who who, who make yeah, these systems, yeah. right? The beautiful thing about the I want the stuff, I want the edges to chip, <laughs> right? I want to see the glue that yeah. holds it together. So so everything is CNC cut, 
right? And it's exact fit for specific interiors, and it's line x or or, or bed lined over it for durability, mm-hmm. and everything fits as if it came from the factory that way. Yep. And there's lots of different places to tie down different things. So like the platform is one piece and then you can add the drawers or have different tie downs. And there's the just the cargo area. There's the full platform. There's the sleeping platform where it's only on one side. So you sell all your gear on the other side. A bunch of different versions of yeah. That. So to so to clear up some terminology, the the very first piece you buy is called the plate, the rear plate, and that usually will set behind the rear seats, right? And that's an area that you could buy by itself, and then you can you can bolt down either a slide for your fridge, or you could do something called their camp kitchen, which is a which is a, a, a almost a cabinet with two slides, their fridge, and then below that fridge, what you can pull out your your cooking stove. It's a double slide. And so now out of the back of your vehicle, you have your whole kitchen right there, right? So it's a very and cool And you don't product. have to unstrap it and take it out and set it up on some legs. Yeah, Everything yeah. just folds it's, right out of the yep, back of your vehicle. Yep. So that's that's your first thing. Next to that, you could do drawer modules if you'd like. Those drawer modules you can stack two, three tall, and in that you could put whatever you want, right? And that is off your plate system. From there, you move into the back seat. You take out the back seat and you have the seat delete so the seat delete kits are will give you in a something like a Forerunner or a Jeep or a you know any kind of SUV style gives you a great sleeping platform, but the seat deletes in a giant. Uh, we just did a power wagon, where it take out that rear seat and it makes the <laughs> rear, room. It is awesome back there, right? There was this guy. He was probably six foot tall, and he's like, "Look, I know it's going to take a little bit of finagling, but I plan on sleeping back here." Right? when he's out on the trails and stuff. so But it makes a huge area. So then there's the seat deletes, and so that's that. From that seat delete system, you have you have all the, the attachments, right? So in that plate and in that seat delete, there's um, threaded out holes that you can attach custom anchors. So you can anchor down anything anywhere you want. You have the hatch systems that you can open up, and you can store everything in there. For me personally, I now only have to pack my clothing, and my food, because everything stays in my Jeep, because it's all there permanently. And they're lockable, too, the hatches. And everything's and lockable. Now, this, it, it looks, I'm looking at a 5th Gen Ram, a 2019, um, the, the the crew cab rear seat delete. They look metal. Is that just the picture that- appear- That's just a picture. So, okay, so this is a coded wood. Linex. It's yeah. Linex. It's a, it's a custom, um, it's, it's actually a special uh, deal with Linex, where- it's only coded like that for for goose gear. Which is oh. what's cool about it too is it's uh, not as a, an aggressive uh, pattern, right? Right, the, right, right, right. It's, it's yeah, got it won't some cut you up either it. when you're getting in and yeah. out. Yeah, there you go. But but what's nice too is because it's got the the bed liner material, it's got the linex on it. It's made out of wood. It also absorbs sound, and so it doesn't make your vehicle tinny on the inside, yep. right? Which which a lot of systems they don't have the you know you start opening up big you know, take for example take your seats out. That absorbs a lot of road noise and things like that, right? right. This acts as some of that sound deadening, gives you some of that back, right? Holman, can you pass the uh, <laughs> Dr. Pepper over here? Nope. There's a Dr. Pepper shortage nationally, and I'm going to drink this one. So Goose Gear, when it hired me, I think it was Brian's. Brian uh, is the owner, the CEO of it. He is also like you, can do one thing at a time, right? 
if he's if he's texting somebody and you try to have a conversation with him, the difference is you're much more pleasant about it. He actually gets irritated. Oh, that's because, when, it's, he, that's oh, because okay. you're new. <laughs> no, I don't get irritated. Yes, I just, yes, I just go, I didn't hear a word you said. Can you repeat it? No, you can definitely be uh, I can be a dick irritable about, about it. it. Yeah. All right, yeah. sorry. All right, so, okay, anyways. Um, so when I when he I came on early and he even said, "Look, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna hire you early. We're not ready for you yet, but I want you on the team." So he actually brought me in a couple months, and I was just hanging out, you know. And uh, and um, but he strategically put together a pretty awesome team of eleven people now, and and this is just over the last few months. Now these eleven people are like. The company wide or in the company wide? Okay. The company wide, right? Okay. So the company has eleven people. In so it. was Goose Gear just him in the, the beginning? The Goose Gear was uh, four people when I started. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he had some temps coming in and out occasionally to help him, but it was pretty much just four people, and he added uh, a bunch of other people, and we moved to a new facility. And you're gonna love this part, Lightning. Yeah, tell him about the machine, Rob. Oh my gosh! So what, he just bought machine? a new CNC machine okay. from Italy. Now, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's okay that I say how much it cost. Just $125,000 CNC machine. Wow. One, any of these knuckleheads you see online saying, oh, it's just plywood and line yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, right? no, yeah. no, 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 no. Until you see how it's cut, that it is CNC machine, it is as good of a fit to your interior as like a WeatherTech laser scan it's format. It's so rad. It's so rad. Like it, it just, it's... You don't so even is know all this being designed in SolidWorks in advance, or is, so, it, is he out there with cardboard, like old school, like no, car stereo guy? Uh, the latest guy he did, so he did all that stuff up to this point. The latest guy he brought in is a guy named Steve, and he is now the guy that's now drawing stuff, right? So it's CAD and it's another program. I, I'm always the dumbest guy in the room, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the I can't. That's not always true. So Can't congratulations, most guys. <laughs> hey, li- lightning, you just you just went up a notch. No, no, thanks. <laughs> uh, SolidWorks, Maya, something yeah, like I that. I think SolidWorks. SolidWorks. I think yeah. I that's the most common. And then there's this new program that's just with that CNC called uh, Maestro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's a pretty amazing deal. Yeah, I think uh, Brian, when I went and toured the uh, the warehouse uh, or the new facility was saying it's was it double the output of the old machine something like that uh, at least yeah at least yeah it's amazing watching the tools and it's all huge. that it just, it well, I would cool. assume sales are through the roof right now yes yes um he put together a good team um I'm very fortunate to be look whether it be covid whether it be government money whatever it is I'm just thankful that I was hired right before that, so it looks like I'm actually contributing, right? <laughs> so, so sales so, are definitely through the roof. Are you uh, on the brand side? Are you promotion? Yeah, so what, really what he do? brought me in as the brand guy. Okay. Right? Um, I think I'm probably dabbling in some other areas, like uh, maybe maybe move into some of the marketing and then uh, maybe even some of the product development stuff. But I mean, you're out in the field a lot, so you come back and you say, "Hey, you know what? I was was on the trail and I met this great couple, and they had this issue with their thing. And can we make it flip this way instead of flip that There's way?" There's definitely and, that right? to it for okay. sure. There's definitely that to it for sure. You know, for now, I think. Um, so when I went in there, okay, I'm assuming it's fine, and if it's not, he could yell at me for it. <laughs> it was it was a mess, like on that side of it, on the branding side of it. It wasn't even a brand. I would say it was a company. You know, and to me, the, the difference between a company and a brand is a company is something that puts out products, maybe great products, 
but that's what they do. They put out products. So people like look at that company as that product. Where a brand is a lifestyle thing. It makes people want to be a part of the culture. It brings people together. It's a movement, right? So my job is to create a brand out of a company. And, and that's pretty much where I've been focusing my efforts. But um, it's it's been a huge learning thing for me as well because now I am part of a team. So now Brian comes in and tells me something. I'm like, what? What? You know? <laughs> you know like, what? I ain't doing that. I, yeah, I don't have people tell me what to do. But no, no. People tell me what to do yes, now, right? Do. So it's a, it's a, it's a, now, a do man. You, do you fight him over by the stairwell? <laughs> no, but I will tell you this. He's very open to hearing what I have to say. Processing and then telling it. you to shut the hell up. Processing, yeah, maybe <laughs> processing it, and then going one way or the other, right? And do you consider you're working for him? And I know you have to. You, you don't have to suck up. I mean, do you? Do you? You've got to admire his creativity and the fact that he built this business with eleven great team members. And uh, do you are are you are you? Uh, what's a good word? Not awestruck, but are you impressed by him? Yeah. So he started Goose Gear because his daughter was thirteen, I think, at the time. And uh, and he realized he was a cabinet maker, at kitchens and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so he had some mad Which chops is, when it came to the wood. Super competitive. Like, yeah, he yeah. and I were talking. He was like, "I would only take the big jobs at like a dental office or something like right. that. I didn't do the onesie twosies where like some cheap contractor is going to come in without a permit and underbid me, and I'd lose my ass on somebody's bathroom or kitchen at home. Like he would only do the commercial jobs. And but and, the idea that you can only do the commercial jobs makes you the man, right? Yeah, right. Right. So anyway, so uh, he started Goose out of a passion. He got to, his daughter's like 13. He's like, man, a few more years? She's not going to want anything to do with me. She's not going to want to hang out and go camping with dad and all that stuff. So he needed to ex- get out there and experience this stuff as much as possible for the next, you know, however long it lasts for him. Heck yeah. So he started. And I'm then, living yeah. that right now. Yeah, totally. My totally. kid's like, hey, dad, why don't, why don't you take me? I'm like, because you don't like camping. She's like, yeah. <laughs> well, but but I'd sleep on top of the car, like, you know, rooftop tent, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, all right, let's go. You know, it's like I'm challenging whatever you, like, let's, let's do yeah, it. Whatever you, you know? whatever it takes. So anyway, so he, uh, you know, he uh, wanted that time with his daughter. So he went out camping, and he decided, this is ridiculous. I'm doing a lot of work out here instead of hanging out with my kid. So he developed a lot of these products for his own use. That is when all the good stuff happens. Yep. Right. Yeah, yep. it's really when you're. Problem I'm doing solving. this for me because yeah. I yep. need it. Yeah. So from that birthed Goose Gear, right? And fast forward now, and, and the reason why I work at Goose Gear is because they were the first. I, I made a list of companies that I wanted to work for, and they were number one. And I reached out to them, and I had some good conversations, and lucky uh, you know the blog was what it was and he said cool let's do this it's nice when uh, somebody will take a flyer on you and and give you an opportunity to prove yourself yep you know because yep. you yep. know you can do it right right and it's it's you just want somebody to believe in you also yep. and and let you go on the ride with them yep which is awesome and what, I, what's the story behind the name so he used to call his daughter goose ah yeah so that's, that's very a, cool that's her nickname goose. okay I like their logo too. Their logo is super cool. Huh. Okay. So more importantly, what's up with the tattoos? And I know everyone asks you about them, but they're they're fascinating. Show them so your, you have, show um, your uh, old wrinkled lady on your arm. Uh, I have a, uh, a I have a woman rolling around in hundred dollar bills on a leather bed. Look at this right here. Nice, and above yeah. that it says West Coast for Life. She hasn't <laughs> aged well though, no. as you can yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna move out of Southern California because I hate the politics. So uh, and then uh, where are you going? Kids' names. I don't know yet. 
I don't know. Well, uh, and I'm not going to do m- it much like you, Rob. Yeah. He has to go find somebody to convince him to uh, be able to move to their state. Uh, so, <laughs> Williams, Arizona. That's where I it love. It is gorgeous. That's where I love. Yes. Oh, so you're going to go uh, work for KC? Well, at some point, probably not. <laughs> it was. Well, Ollie stole that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah so. There, there, what I discovered is I uh, I went for just a week. My my brother, as I've talked about this before, it rented a house up in um, Evergreen, Evergreen, Colorado, and it's uh, it's a little hoity-toity. It's it's big million-dollar houses and stuff. So I wouldn't afford be able to afford to live there. But just being in Colorado, I I I, I paused one morning and I looked around and go, this is where I live. Just BS. Where I live is. We all have told ourselves that the weather is so great in Southern California and the beach is so amazing and I can be at the beach in the morning. True that. And the mountains at night and no one <laughs> hey, ever does that. No, nope. just because you choose <laughs> nope. not to do that nope. does not nope. make it nope. everybody nope. else's problem. No, nope. it doesn't make this place I want any you to leave. Freaking better. Just like I want I'm, most people to leave. I, well, because <laughs> I'm going to hold, I'm going to be the last sane person holding down the carpet and I'll turn the lights off before the thing falls I'm going to be using the uh, little, our little IPDTL circuit so I can talk to you remotely from my house uh-huh. in uh, Alaska or wherever I'm. Okay, Bean. And uh <laughs> be rad, right? I, I'm just telling you, like I've been around and I realize that, you know, I'm getting I'm I'm halfway through my life and I'm you like hope. and I have not I I know I'm I'm way past halfway <laughs> through my life. But, I mean, I'd, I'd give it a solid two thirds. But I'm I'm like, dude, I'm I'm not um this is not no bueno, not cool anymore. Yep. And I loved Southern California. Like I said, I tattooed it on my body that I'm I'm a, I, I'm like, nah, I'm Mr. West Coast. Born and bred, lived, <laughs> loved it. I would defend it to the end. Nah, f this place. Yeah, f this so, place. You know why? It's not just that I don't like it anymore. Um, it's that there's, there's. I'm not at peace here. I'm not at peace at all. And my happy place currently, which is won't be my happy place in the long run, is Havasu right now. It's Lake Havasu, yep. Arizona. And I get on the water, and my wife trips out. And, and people who are with us that are friends or family, they go, "What's up with Jay?" Like, why is he acting different? And I go, you don't get it. I come out here and I have- So we recharge. I I just am a different person. It's really bizarre. And um, you found that. I hope to find that soon. Yeah, well, I would say we definitely have a connection with nature. We definitely- we Our place is, is not only in nature. Our place is to nurture nature to help nature survive and when we're doing what we're made to do we find peace you know and that doesn't mean you're out there you know doing all the, the no, hardcore I don't, I don't have to be a exist. farmer and I don't right, have to be right, right. right I'm not going to go yeah. you know uh, uh, scale half dome and all that stuff right. like, I'm not I'm not talking about that I just being out there more than I just agree. for a week vacation it's just I, I, I go I get it I get why so many people are moving to Idaho, moving to Utah, right. moving to Colorado, moving away uh, for no no other same reason that New Yorkers move to Florida. They find their happy place, yep. right? Yep, yep. So we, I'm in a situation where my wife is like five, five years to retire, seven, and it's really sweet, mm. right? Go seven, dude. So it's like, <laughs> man, I'm I'm ready to go, right? But we're like, we got to hang on just a little bit longer. And honestly, it's so easy where we're at now. We, I bought my house 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Paid 200 yeah. grand for you're it. In a good, oh, my you're God. My neighbor, spot. not that I live in this great area. Well, it's yeah. a middle class yeah. deal. You live in downtown Santa Ana? Where are you? Yeah, I'm in Lakewood. 
Uh, right. Lakewood's Lake a good oh, spot. Yeah, dude, yeah. we're neighbors. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm right next to CSUOB, dude. Oh, there you right go. Right next to the pyramid. Hey, my wife teaches there now a little bit. Oh, okay. And uh, she works with the student teachers. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, she got her master's from there. Let's go hang out at Pizza Mania. There, there you go. You know what I'm talking oh, you about? Guys, yeah. You guys got to go where the cronuts are. Right? <laughs> oh, Simone's. Simone's. You, yeah. You've been to Simone's no, Donuts, right? No, I haven't. What's wrong with right, you? Was that Palo Verde? Well, and, uh, look at the guy. He doesn't eat many donuts. Yeah, I know. Right. That's true. So I'm on Palo Verde and Carson, right down the street. You, my, you my literally kids, used to dude, be neighbors. Dude, my kids go to Milliken. Oh, there you go. There See? You go. My neighbor's kids go to Milliken. Okay, yeah, oh, right there, right there. Look at this. We're bonding. This is cool. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so cute. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, you should go, go camping together. So Brian that's actually fun. started in the, in the Toyota world. He, uh, he really did some crazy build on a Tacoma. With this outrageous uh, camper that he pretty much made the in the industry, right? He pretty much did the. I think it was a, what kind of camper was that? Do you know? Man, it was that was so long ago. Yeah. Anyways, are you saying, wait, you're saying he made the camper itself? So he customized everything about that, and yeah. he really brought. Again, it to remember, he was like a cabinet maker and all that. So he kind of oh, made it you. the way he, with his workmanship and style and how he would want it. And then the and then a bunch of those campers started selling. Because of his and what he did and that kind of thing. Um, so he started in the truck world, my point, and now he drives an F-250 that is ridiculous. I never even knew a truck could be that capable. I've never knew a truck could even axle the X, you know, like that when they're on some kind of <laughs> right. thing. I didn't even know that was possible. You get some crazy truck. articulation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it's an amazing truck. <laughs> for, for the very first time, I thought, I could, I could get down with a truck. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of good options out there right now. Well, I mean, you guys have a lot. I mean, I'm on your shop. I'm, I'm at Goose. Yep. It's goose-gear.com. Yep. Chevy, Ford, Mitsubishi, Lexus, Porsche, yep. Ram trucks, Toyota, campers. I mean, in the Ram trucks, you've got uh, fourth and fifth gen. Uh, you got stuff for the, like I said, Porsche Cayenne, uh, Mitsubishi Montero for the third gen. Lexus, you got LX, GX. I see Jeep up up the wazoo with Wrangler yep. from TJ, JK, JKU, JL, JLU, JT, uh, Ford, Bronco 5th Gen, Excursion, F-150, 13th Gen, for like, which is 2015 on, Super Duty for the F-250, 350, uh, 2015 to present, and Transit Connects even. Like, it's all yep. over. You see, guys have a lot. That, that's like your dream is to have like a <laughs> little Overland uh, – Connect or Nissan NV. Oh my God! Little, uh, Two hundred. No. Hey Rob. So wait, wait. We have to circle back to your your forearm on your uh, your All left the cats. forearm. Yeah, because I'm fascinated. I used to do when I worked at the radio station yep. and I ran the video department. All the the uh, the rock stars would come in, and I would have them pick a tattoo. Usually, some are too personal. Other ones, they're so drunk they don't remember the story <laughs> behind the tattoos. Other guys come in all the time. I found a lot of rock stars will get a tattoo in every city that they tour just as they figure that it's the canvas and, you know, that yep. they're, they're not going to remember anything because they're too ripped, but they're going to go, oh, I got this one in Philly. I got this one in uh, Oahu, whatever. There you go. Right. So you have a mountain range with a sunburst coming over, uh, trees beneath that with a, uh, 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 what do you call the guy? Bigfoot. A Bigfoot. Okay. And it says, leave no trace. What's right. the story? So this is my actually my newest tattoo. And I got it because I wanted something a little lighter than what I normally have. If you could see my other hands. It's, yeah, so you got some Celtic so, stuff happening on yeah, the right. Yeah, this is a right family crest. Uh, okay. And I, you know what this family crest Full came color. From? When I geeked out on my kid's junior high genealogy project. Oh, Family cool. tree thing. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole. 
for way past that that project. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and I traced my family back to the 1400s. Wow, oh, no kidding. We just got our butts whooped in some kind of dispute, <laughs> and we had to leave and migrate into England. Oh, interesting. And then okay. we, from England, we, we became stewards, which are, you know, advisors and money people, that kind of thing. And in 1612, the first Spencer came over from England to America. And that's pretty much the beginning of America right there, if you if you look at back at history, right? So uh, it was cool. Your right arm is wrapped. So, yep. This but, is a compass and a map. All right. And this, I'm going to go over all of them, sorry. Okay. Because yep. this is now, a- Now, the eagle is a cover-up. This is a phoenix. Oh, that's a phoenix rising from right. the ashes, which fits your story. Yep. Yep. And it is a cover-up yeah. from a tattoo that I had before my accident. Oh, interesting. And it was Chinese writing. Oh. And I didn't even know what it was, right? So I covered it up with this. Okay. Kind of significant. Sure. And then, and then this one is actually off of a photo. No, wait a minute. Hold on. You can't just skip past that. So you 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 have a Chi- you have Chinese writing. You don't have to tell us what it said, but do, you obviously found out what it yeah. said after yeah. the fact, and you weren't yeah. happy with it, or what? No, I didn't like it. Okay. I wasn't happy with it, so okay. I covered it up with something that was significant to my life. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. And uh, there's been many many times that I've been referred to as a phoenix. So for obvious reasons yeah and uh and then obviously the patriotism of the of the flag and that kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and then this one is a photo off of a photo from montana okay so that is, that is most eagle. of his left uh shoulder yep it's an eagle um sitting on a mountaintop kind of thing with a with a uh little sunset yeah very on. cool so the left arm is all nature and then this yes this is the newest one and now this is exactly i wanted something a little bit lighter now, that looks like it was done by an artist, like you lifted it from your favorite favorite artist. Is that true? No, I okay. uh, I actually designed this one. Oh, look at that. And uh, Could not have been more wrong. No, yeah. you could not have. It's <laughs> polar opposite. Yeah. Now the way to save that is to go, Rob Spencer is my favorite new artist, is how you uh, get out of that. Now he's selling art down in Laguna. <laughs> <laughs> Laguna. Yeah. So, you know, Isn't that where guy, everyone sells art? And yeah, I have a guy yeah. that, that bought a house in the ghetto of Santa Ana just so he can have an address to be involved in that Laguna art show. Oh, yeah. There's that one big one. I don't even know the name of it. But well, there's Pageant of the Masters. That one. Yep. yep. Yeah, crazy. Yep. I guess you got to be in that area there. No, no, no. Pageant of the Masters is different. Pageant of the oh, Masters okay. is more of a presentation. You're talking about the... Uh, it's on the other side of the street where... Uh, they have from silver jewelry to interesting art. Oh, God, I used to go. I used, I brought every girlfriend that I had growing up there. <laughs> look it up. It's on the opposite side of the street of Pageant of the Masters. What do I say? What's on the opposite side of the I don't know. <laughs> look up art show or whatever. It's going to say it's on the it's on, you, you'll You'll find it. So anyways, I wanted something lighter. I wanted something that represented um, who I am and what I believe today. And uh, and that is really big. Festival Sod- of Arts? Nope, Sawdust Festival. Oh, Sawdust Sawdust Festival. Yep. There you go. That's it. That's it. And he's a painter. Okay. And he paints really rad stuff, actually. So uh, something that represents the leave no trace is, is kind of the motto of nature, right? We go in and we, we leave it better than we found it. Yeah. And so that's what that is. I wish I could have uh, yelled that at the guy throwing the cigarette butt out on the 605 freeway last night. You should have yelled God that damn. at him. God well, damn. What you should have done is just rammed him with your yeah. mini. Uh, I, I'm driving the dually. I've been driving oh, the dually you, for months now. Oh, that thing's got so many dents and dings on it. No, they problem. wouldn't notice. They noticed. <laughs> I, I, I just want a push bar like the, all yeah. the big rigs have now. Yeah. Yep. You know what's Do funny it. is I was Cow asking guard. I was asking a, a, a rig that was parked not uh, I, talking to a truck driver not long ago, and I said, um, "What's what's with all these guys with push bars now? How much wildlife are you pushing out of the way?" They goes, "It's not it's not for wildlife." No. I go, "What are you talking about?" I go, "Same reason you have a thousand LED lights." <laughs> no, it's for pushing cars out of the way in New York, he tells me. Well, he goes, we all, no. He goes, that's the thing. 
yeah, when but, we're in New York, we not have to every, push our cars out of the way. It's a style thing. Not everybody's driving no, in New York. Well, this guy's was dented, and he well, tells this me, guy, like, I believe. I'm just goes, saying that he doesn't represent this all is, truckers. This is everywhere. not also the not the first time I've been told that. The first time I thought it was BS. This is years ago. I was out in New York for the VMAs, and I stopped the trucker, and I go. What's the push bar for? How did you stop a trucker? I didn't stop him. He's sitting there. He's loading <laughs> well, up. Well, you said a, you stopped a I trucker. Didn't stop. The dude was a Cisco driver dropping off hot hey, dogs Hey, pull over. I have a question. <laughs> I don't know what the story was, but it was. I asked the dude, I go, what's with the push bar? And he goes, pushing cars. And I thought he was joking. And I asked this guy out here in L.A., and I go, what's with the push bar? And he goes, pushing you, cars. You know, they have a truck society where all the drivers get together, and they go, Here's the answers to stupid questions. So maybe, let me tell you so. this. <laughs> I'm, so. I'm going to give you a little bit of love right now. Yeah. So I was in New York one time on a case, and I'm driving from the airport to New Jersey, and I'm not. I'm driving fast. I'm not driving slow. You know, not fast, fast, but 75. Or and people drive like idiots out there. Oh, for yes. sure. And there is a truck. And they do not care about pedestrians. There is a no, big rig Don't be riding a me so tight on that freeway. Like he was on me, and he's honking at me or something like who is this jerk, and how can I get him to pull over to the side of the road with me right so now? So we can fight. Right? So <laughs> this guy, I didn't see any pusher, but at least I know that they drive like idiots over there, and that's kind of what you were saying. Well, these I think this has I mean, more well, to was, do with- No, no, no. <laughs> that, was a weak, that was a weak defensive lightning. No, no, no. My impression, though, is it's pushing vehicles that are parked too closely oh, okay, to okay. you. okay, okay. Sure. Yes. Sure, I believe that. Truckshowpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Let us know. I, I, I'm happy. <laughs> we have plenty of truckers. Look, I've, so the guy lied to me. That's I'm not fine. saying that guy lied to you. I'm just saying not every trucker is in New York pushing cars all the way. Most of them were whacking deer in Montana. Yep. Or, well, that makes more know. sense. Yeah, I would have yep. believed that too. Mm-hmm. And right. some I've of them just want their long nosed peats to look even cooler. That's all. No, these push bars do not look cool. Oh yeah, they're just no. It's like a license plate on a Ferrari. You know what I mean? You don't uh, want to push. <laughs> you don't want to push bar on a long nosed yeah, peat. No, oh you don't. yeah, full of chrome and what about Magnum PI's no, no, it's a bunch. But you got all these beautiful lines on this brand. This is new the part of the podcast where Kenworth. he and I argue about really ridiculous. No, but it's things. really you got a brand new Kenworth, right? And, no, it's, he's and still it's got angry. the new no, slanted but, nose. Oh, let me be lightning. No, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what about Magnum PI? He had the greatest license plate on his Ferrari. That looked cool. I don't recall what it was. It was Magnum or something like that. Oh, yeah. Huh. Now, let me tell you about this. That lightning. What is that, uh, Seinfeld? Ah, I want to argue with you. <laughs> Play back the tape. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But we always devolve. Thank God we're not talking about food, though. So, Goose Gear. Goose Gear. Goose dash gear. So there's a lot of awesome stuff coming up from Goose Gear, right? So now all of this building in the last few months was really to get to this point as a company to where now we can open the floodgates. So we are going to be doing inc- – we have so much cool product in the lineup that's coming. Um, and New categories or new applications? Both. Okay. So new new categories for sure. But I believe that part of building that brand that we're talking about is providing a catalog of product that where people will want to buy from the company – because they want to be a part of the company. Yeah. Sure. So in order to do that, you have to have you have to have stuff for them to buy, right? right. And it can't all be a, a five thousand dollar purchase, right? Yeah. So, so we have all kinds of products coming up, but we also have uh, the same of what we're doing um, in different applications. Uh, I don't know how much I can say, but there's something that's coming very soon that should. Put Goose Gear on a, on the next level. Ooh, I like really? this. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna debut it at the the 2020 SEMA show. <laughs> oh, 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 wait. <laughs> 
Yeah, not so much. Yeah, not, not so much. Not so much. I think this would have been 20 for me. All right, well, I'm uh, sufficiently inspired by you, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it's, uh, that. It's a, it's a great story. I'm glad to see that uh, you are fit to be an inspirational speaker because you are passionate about the topics. You've got a really, really cool story uh, that not... I don't know anyone that has a similar story. You faced adversity. You and cheated you, death. You, you socked it in the, in the face, <laughs> yeah. and then you laughed, and then it laughed back, and, and you were friends. Yep. <laughs> right. So I, I think it's a, it's a really cool story. I admire your tattoos. Great story. Great art. And, and you're in your, your – it's, 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 it's great. And I'm glad to see that you're at a company that is as passionate about their products as they are their people. Totally. Totally. Uh, Goose Gear is definitely a people company. People first, for sure, guaranteed. And that even includes customers. I've watched Brian go so far over and above to make somebody uh, happy than even what's reasonable. Is it safe to say he's driven to a customer's house to fix something? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Yep. Definitely. Or No, no, no. Not to fix it. To to install it correctly. correctly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) User error. That's right. Yeah. Uh, even I've even watched them burn stuff like like just keep it. We'll send you out a brand new one, and it's thousands of dollars, you know, and and just to make somebody happy because he wants them, he wants their experience, not necessarily because he wants it to reflect on the company, but he wants their experience to be happy. He wants them to be happy with these cool products that he created out of a passion for just getting an experience with his kid. So that that's what really motivates him. And uh, and and the company's obviously shows that it's a it's a good intention because it's succeeding very well right now. Absolutely. So, well, if you want to uh, follow our friend Rob, it's uh, at VTW Rob. So that's yep. uh, Venture the Wild Rob on yep. Instagram, and uh, VentureTheWild dot com is your uh, your blog role, your website. Venture the Wild. Yep. Yep. Are you still are you still active on that? So yeah. Maybe- so one of the deals I made with Goose Gear is that is I don't take any. Um, Money from any companies, yeah. With my with the venture of the wild stuff, but you just can keep it as fun. Still talk about it. So yeah, you know, I still post. Still and I still do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love it, and I love what it does for people. It really helps connect people, you know, and that's important to me. So and then, if you've got a, a truck or SUV and uh, living the adventure lifestyle, need a sleeping platform or some drawers or fridge yep. slides, uh, head over to Goose Dash Gear, yep. Goose Dash Gear dot com, or uh, at Goose Gear on uh, on Instagram. Yep. And, uh, and you can reach out to me on there as well because I run their stuff. Well, so. thank you so much for uh, sitting in our sweat box. Thank you for <laughs> having me. And, uh, yeah. That's good. You can uh, take that, uh, well, that mop of a T-shirt right there. <laughs> yeah, that's yours. <laughs> Soaked up about. Everybody comes to the, uh, to the studio and wipes their yep. forehead and sweat on a T-shirt, gets to keep it and take it home. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Thank you so much for, for coming in. And so much fun. Stories. Yeah. Anytime hey, that I could do anything with you guys would be great. Well, we want to talk to you. super the, fun with you. When so. the new product comes out. Oh, cool. Right. Perfect. Talk oh, we're going camping. Let's go camping. Didn't we decide that we're all going camping? With let's the new camp, product. And, and I'm, I'm going to sleep on Rob's roof, and then you're going to laugh at me. Um, that might be awkward for Rob, but okay. okay. Yep. Right. And Rob has a, a super rad solar system going up on that roof. So oh, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna block out the sun. Yep. <laughs> well, that's not hard. <laughs> Strangely enough, I'll be sleeping on my own roof. <laughs> no, there you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thank well, you, Rob. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the trail. All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, Rob, full of good stories right there, right? The man. All right, we want your email. What do you think of the show? Tell us, no, but don't be honest. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh.
And he's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast on your favorite socials, except for that one that we don't speak about. Well, I'm concerned, Holman, that uh, I'm stuck with the truck outside in, uh, when I should have a Nissan. Yeah, you the one outside ain't going to get me home. It's got a... Uh, got a brake drum that's seized that's okay i'm going to uh i'll follow you you're gonna oh. follow me well i mean you're on my way home yeah i'm not gonna slow down for you so you'll have to figure out how to keep up uh, with a modern truck what we should do we should take this truck yeah my old lockjaw no take it no to, take it to the nissan yes. dealer exactly. and ask them how much it, right well, don't give me for, for trade-in Oh, dude, we should do an episode where we go to a Nissan dealer and try to trade in your C20. Do you think as soon as we pulled in the driveway, they'd be like, go away, no, no, no. go away. No, the <laughs> shutters would come down and the uh, that neon open side would go off immediately. Uh, no, it would just say closed. Yeah, don't come back. I mean, uh, no, I think their uh, Nissan dealers are givers. They might be interested in... Uh, They'd probably be generous and say, well, what you, you're you saying know, is they bucks. would they would take pity on you. I think so. So there you go. Why don't you make your wife happy? Trade in that entire like cobbled together fleet of vehicles that's uh, <laughs> soiling your driveway in the city of Long Beach, uh-huh. and get one good truck out of it. <sighs> Could you imagine if you it's walked a, up? You it's said, a good idea. Listen, I want a Nissan Titan XD. Sure. Here's a Scion. Here's a Mini Cooper. Well, I can't trade my, C20. my wife and kids' cars. Here's a Mercedes. Yeah. Take them all yeah. and then give me something good in return. It does sound attractive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I trying to help you out here. I have spent time in a Titan, and they're, they're amazing. I mean, you're almost uh, considering it. I kind of am. <laughs> so is it true that uh, what I'm seeing on my email that we are going to go visit? Oh, it's happening. Debt? Yes. Can we say why, what we're doing? I don't think so. We're going to go hang out with some decked folk and do some decked stuff, and, our, and can I, we say that we're going to unveil a product? Uh, I, we're going to deck a decked? Are you giving away too much? I don't know. Am I? I think you are. And there's going to be- now it's gone from me trying to tease it out to like <laughs> you saying too much. We are going to take a new product, mm-hmm. and then we are going to test it in our own wacky truck show podcast way and uh, make something delightful- that you all can experience. Is that vague enough? I no. I think you kind of just explained that we're gonna shoot a video of us destroying something. <laughs> I think that's what you. So just is told that time everyone. to have Greg back on yet? I think we're going to. Yes, we, we're gonna have, we're to. Gonna have to. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, until then, you gotta go over to uh, deck.com. And uh, by the way, they just released their new D bag. And a lot of people messaged me and said, it's the D-bag, it's the D-bag, which is funny when you get messages that say it's, it's the, the D-bag. D-bag. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey. No, this is something different. We weren't invited to partake in the D-bag <laughs> launch. Um, they're not going to invite D-bags to Well, there's D-bag. enough D-bags in this room for, uh, for a whole company named Deck. But we get to be D-bags to their new product, and we'll leave it at that. Okay. That's interesting. At DeckedUSA or Decked.com. I think uh, us two, these yeah. these D-bags, yeah. they need some In-N-Out. Ooh, In-N-Out, double-double, animal style, so much better than Whataburger. We out. Out! You guys are pigs. Do you ever stop eating? Only long enough to do this show. <laughs>